On this episode, we discuss Orphan First Kill. That's right, we're kicking Shocktober off in styles, Julia styles. I don't think we can get any better than that. No, that was perfect. Yeah. Okay. It's what we in the biz call a hot one. Mm, okay. Welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. And I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalen. And I'm Hallie Haglin. <laughs> Hallie. But but I killed you. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. oh no, that was that was Sally Hagland. I'm sorry. Sally Hagland. I'm oh, that yeah. bitch. I'm glad she's gone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey everybody, Shocktober starting with a bang. A Hallie Hagland bang, that is. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's cool. Don't worry, it's cool. Uh, okay, anyway. Um <laughs> what, it's not is it was the idea of a Hallie Hagland bang, not not the best way to start it. <laughs> uh, um, Anyway, so this is a podcast where... Okay, how about this? How about this? Okay, we're, he's going to save it. He's going to save it. Hold on. I'm going to save it. Hold on. Uh, that's like, we're, we're... No, that's worse. Hold on. You know what, Dan? Just keep going. Yeah, I was trying to, but... Uh, say, say, listener. If you it's say, brand spanking new Shocktober with a brand spanking Hallie. Right? Is that... Uh, no. Is that uh, uh, I mean, um, slightly, I guess. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, if, you've stump- if you're stumbling onto this podcast for the first time, first off, sorry for leaving it out where you could trip over it. But number two, this is a podcast where <laughs> normally— That was a thinker. That was good. That was, took me a moment. It was a thinker. It. Yeah, it's normally, we watch a bad movie, and then we talk about it. Uh, and in October, the month we are in, we watch horror movies. Now, this one, actually, uh, we had an inkling. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how we all came down on it. We had an inkling that this one— Maybe we'd kind of like. Yeah, it's a good movie. We had an inkling this might not be a stinkling like mm-hmm. normal, mainly because Stuart had seen the movie already and wanted and, to watch and, it again. And said, it's good. And <laughs> said, it's good. We should watch that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's Stuart's are my, opinion. Are my we'll bros going to make me feel bad by not liking my new favorite movie? We'll find out. Yeah. I'm yeah, sure Hallie's the, on my side. That's a suspense. Now, Hallie, I think you were given a list of movies, and this is the one you chose. Is mm-hmm. that true? Yeah. What was it about the title Orphan, First Kill, that, that really caught your eye? It was that Dan wrote next to it, this one is actually kind of good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or, well, yeah, what? I mean, I hadn't seen it, but I knew that the reviews sort of indicated, like, oh, maybe maybe this is one's okay. You know? I did watch all the trailers, and it and it— and it called out to me most. You did your due halogens. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, now this. Now last year you joined us for I think it was the turning, right? Oh yeah. And it was very. Or what was that one called? The one that was based on the turning of the screw. Yeah, I think it was the turning. Yeah. It's either that or the screwing. Yeah. Probably not that. And that yeah that was kind of a that was kind of a snooze fest. <laughs> Sorry, I <laughs> the, the screwing of the turn. <laughs> yeah. That's um, about having sex with a bird. It's turn T E R N. Oh wow. Mm, no, cool. Well, you know. <laughs> um, John yeah, Livingston so, Seagull. What have we done? Let's <laughs> recap. Jonathan Livingston Sex Gull. <laughs> oh, wow. Let's recap what's happened so far. So we've introduced Hallie and we've introduced uh-huh. what the podcast is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the movie that we watched. What this movie is the we most watched. efficient opening yeah, we've we're ever doing, had. We're actually doing really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is great. So should we get into Orphan First Kill? Which is, okay, first actually, before we get into it, I want to say two things. Yeah. One, 
It does not actually show her first kill. No. The movie starts yeah. with her already a dangerous called? mental patient. Why Seven. is it called first kill? And two, I never saw the first orphan movie. Stuart, would you be able to fill us in on what happens in the first orphan movie? Yeah, so a uh, a couple with two kids who wants another kid, uh, played by Vera Farmiga and Peter, Peter Sarsgaard. Sarsgaard. Thank Those you. are the kids. No, <laughs> no, I mean they were kids once, but at the point, this point <laughs> yeah, in the movie, the story. They're I see. Both I see. Adults but if they, of they're married children couple. age. They're, they're they're not unstuck in time and and reliving all their all their moments at once. I so, see. No, so they are they are a couple that is going through some extreme uh, marriage problems, but they decide, hey, you know what? Too it's much time. Mountain Dew. Yep. <laughs> 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 That's not a problem, Elliot. <laughs> well, That's they, a solution. They drank it like uh, Peter Sarsgaard was eat, drinking it in bed all the time. He was. I know someone who drank so much Mountain Dew they got thrush. <laughs> they got what? Thrush. What's thrush? It's, it's a, like something in your throat. That's yeah, mouth disease of some kind. Yeah. But no. I, I mean, this that person, happened in this movie. Is that what is that that what that song is about? Oh, thrush. Keep no. it down now. Oh. Your throat's hurt. I thought you were going to do. Thrush, hurry, hurry. A little thrush. Oh, yeah, there's that one, too. And, of course, yeah. the band Thrush. Today's Tom Sawyer drinks too much Mountain Dew. That one, yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I love the idea that Elliot is comparing his own beautiful voice to Getty Lee's beautiful voice right <laughs> yeah. there. Uh, so they're a couple, and they decide to adopt a third child, and so they adopt uh, Hester, or Esther, Esther, uh, Esther, Esther, who is this Esther this, Prin, who is this weird little girl who dresses like an old timey girl, mm-hmm. and she <laughs> like has if some a, issues. Like if, so she might have like say a ribbon around her neck that mm-hmm. if you a ribbon it. choker, yeah. And later yeah. on, like we find out why she's wearing it. It's not because her head will fall off and she's a ghost, although. Old Every story. time I see the ribbon yeah. and she resists them taking the ribbon off, I'm like, is it because she's a ghost? Mm-hmm. Even though I know she is. Um, so uh, they, you know, she starts causing problems. Kids Wait, pick on her. Wait, why is it? Why is it? Oh, she has a ribbon around her neck because uh, when she was in her various mental institutes, uh, she like uh, would like fight against the restraints, and she got scars. Yeah, and that's why she wears her, around her wrists yeah. too, right? Okay, yeah. yeah, to yeah, cover yeah, those yeah. scars. Yep. It might, much like how in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Mina wears a, a scarf around her neck to cover where Dracula sawed away at her throat with his mm-hmm. vampire bat teeth. Yeah. But Dracula got nowhere near Esther. Uh, so Esther, <laughs> long story until short. Orphan, until the third movie, Orphan, Dracula's adoptee. And so, and Dracula's like, I'm getting to that age. I'm hundreds of years old. I want to have a child. Uh-oh, adopts Esther. So, and the, you know, like, uh, Esther doesn't quite get along with her adopted siblings. The older brother is both a bully and a coward. Pretty common combo, actually. Wow. Two uh, sides of the same coin. Yeah. Yep. And uh, but she gets along with the the younger sister. Um, but it turns out there's more to her than we we believe. She's uh, romantically in love with the father, which makes sense because it is Peter Sarsgaard. Uh, but he is <laughs> a dummy and does not pay any attention. Vera Farmiga immediately suspects Hester's up to no good, uh, and so does the adoption agent played by. Uh, I think who is I think it? we don't need. Why don't yeah, we need to go into this much detail? detail? I think maybe I, just tell us the reveal about I Esther, think. and then we can get into the new movie. <laughs> so I wait, I, could, I thought I, you told me I could no, tell you no, the no, entire no. plot. Of the movie. Uh, so the, the big reveal is that Esther is not Esther. Uh, she is uh, not a little girl at all. She's an old girl in a little girl's body. And she's 
uh, let's say neurologically divergent and hurts people, yeah. hurts herself sometimes, and is uh, very good at lying. Movie ends, she uh, sinks into a frozen pond, possibly dead. Who knows? Much like uh, the actor that Mr. Burns hired to play one of the Simpsons uh, kids, she is an Estonian dwarf, and uh, that is the big twist of the movie. Yes, mm-hmm. the, she, she's she's a, she's an Estonian little person, and, and yep, actually you, in, her, in her 30s. Mm-hmm. So let's go to Orphan First C- Kill. Should I, I gotta t- should I talk about my favorite scenes in the movie? No, <laughs> that's okay. Why don't we just talk about the movie that we actually are talking about today? Uh, the, the title comes up immediately, which made me think this was a short for a moment, because it was just like, Orphan First Kill, just jumps at you. There's no mm. cold open. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll... Man, I'll uh, very surprising to find out as we watch it, it's not actually about her first kill. The title is incredibly uh, inappropriate. So it's Estonia, 2007, and a car drives through some snowy woods. It's very The Shining, and uh, the driver of this car is going to the Sarn Psychiatric Institute. This woman, Anna, she's an art therapist. She is starting her first day at the Sarn Psychiatric Institute in Spookyville, Estonia, uh, which is located on on Creepy Mountain in mm-hmm. the snowy wastes of uh, of that country. And so uh, it's her first day. <laughs> she gets a binder full of security procedures. And as the doctor is telling her, hey, here's what you need to learn, an alarm goes out. Lena's not in her room. Lockdown. You wait here in this room. Alarm. Klaxon. Flashing red light. Lena's free. Lena's free. Lena's mm. free. We got to get, get – we got to get her. And so um, – Doctor says, Lena's our most dangerous patient. You wait here alone in the art room. And she turns and sees that there's a girl at one <laughs> of the Lena desks. Where Lena likes to hang out. <laughs> yes. There's a girl at one of the desks sketching. And it takes this art therapist a thousand years to even consider that this might be the dangerous patient that's on the loose. Yeah. That uh-huh. She goes, do you, are you the daughter of someone who works here? Which is bonkers. That the daughter of the staff at the psychiatric institute would just have the run of the place like she's Lyra in Oxford in the Golden <laughs> Compass. Like, that's not a safe place to have a kid running free. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, Dan? Well, I just want to talk a little bit about um, the character of Lena slash Esther. It's not and- Lena Dunham. I should make that clear. Thank you. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or is it? The actress, uh, I think her name's Isabel Furman. Uh, at the time of the first movie, mm-hmm. she was 11 years old playing some, uh, an adult who pretended to be a child. Now she is yeah. an adult well, she, who is well, she pretending was... to be a child. She yeah. is in her early 20s. Uh, and I don't like, I felt like when watching the, this movie, the first shots of the snowy. Uh, drive were so like beautiful and crisp, and then so much of the rest of the movie looks like they smeared Vaseline all over it. And I was wondering, like, is this to hide the fact that they now clearly have an adult woman playing this person who's supposed to look like a child? I but, think it's partly. I think it's partly for atmospheric effect, yeah. but also partly. I mean, the the movie. I don't know how many child body doubles or what angles they used, but she looks very much like a grown-up pretending to be a child Wait, in this is movie. She, uh, is she a- No, she's probably no. about your height, Hallie. Maybe it's slightly shorter than you. She's like 5'3", I think. God. So, so yeah, it's a movie lot magic. That's, yeah, it's movie magic. Part of the I mean, appeal for me, I like, I love forced perspective. <laughs> I love body doubles. It's all over the place in Lord of the Rings. It's in this movie too. That's yeah. why Stuart's yeah. favorite movie is Clifford starring Martin Short as a mischievous little boy. A movie that is getting a cr- cultural reevaluation as we speak, yeah. Elliot. That's it very has, true. That's very it, true. We are living in the new Clifford universe. Yeah, the MCU, the Martin Short Clifford universe. Yeah. They did do like a very little like digital de-aging with her face, but most of it was practical effects from what I understand, just body doubles and angles, so. Thumbs up. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that makes me like the movie even more. That ha- I have mm. even more respect for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that being said, it is it is very hard for the to believe that the family doesn't recognize that that uh, that, that I mean, the, I guess the orphan movies could also be called the Dumb Dad series well, because yes. every movie there's there's some oblivious dad who does not recognize that this is clearly it's all, not it's a all child. about well, dumb also, hot daddies, dumb sexy dads, dumb yeah, sexy, the yeah, these, du- these dumb daddy and these and the dad in this one, dumb it's uh, what's the actor? It's it's Donald Sutherland's other son, um, yes. or one of Donald Sutherland's other sons. It's a, like, uh, sorry, it's Rossif Sutherland, and he is. It's just like the character he's playing is so like hushed and, and like this hushed, hushed, sad dad bod dad who's oblivious to the world around him because he uh-huh. has an artistic soul and he paints the chintziest paintings. I anyway. thought th- those were cool. <laughs> Thank you. I think they're we'll cool too. Well, and we're trying to save the, the first paintings. Movie. When I we get to them, they're, they're kind of, they're kind of, this is me being snobby. They're kind of level one art. But, <laughs> but, uh, no, what's ridiculous is her paintings and everyone's like, you're so talented. It's like, she looks like she like, is a child drawing. <laughs> wow. So anyway, uh, so anyway, this girl. We're back at the Sarn Institute. Uh, this girl introduced herself as Lena. She's got a sharpened pencil in her hand. Oh no, she's seen the Dark Knight. She knows what you can do with a sharpened mm-hmm. pencil. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the doctors come in. They demand she drop the pencil, and it lands with a boom. Uh, and the doctor goes, "Hey, you should know." I should have told you this beforehand when I told you Lena was super dangerous uh, and that she was on the loose. She has a gland disorder. She stopped growing at 10 years old and she's now 31 and she's an exceptional con artist and talks about, oh yeah, Lena invaded a family as a runaway and killed all of them. Anyway, welcome to your new job. Which and, is possibly the first kill, but we're not sure. because But we're, yeah, we'll never know. Uh, and the first art therapy class, Lena suddenly taunts this other patient who turns feral whenever offered a piece of candy and- <laughs> And and uh, this is nine minutes into the movie, and I was like, "There's a lot going on already." Nine minutes in, yeah, it's uh, great. L- Lena is watching a movie on her in her room. I believe it's the Little Princess with uh, it's Shirley Temple's version of it. She gets a package from a guard that has a dress in it, and there's an icky part where she is seducing this guard to l- come into her room, and then she slams his head against a wall so many times that he dies. Yes, and steals <laughs> steals his key card and escapes. And there's a whole sequence where she is. She's kind of sneaking through the halls, just dodging people. And no one in this hospital has peripheral vision. There's no way that she, that like, they don't, they wouldn't notice her. And this is the beginning of Lena. Put it up in the being, fucking goof section, dude. Sorry, that, being, that's the thing you object to, and not the fact that this uh, person with this glandular disorder uh, has the strength to <laughs> beat. <laughs> <laughs> beat Dan, this guy just, to death by like slamming his head. Uh, into the Dan, wall. I'm actually I looking at I'm actually looking at the security guard's file, and he has a gland disorder oh, that I makes see. his head oh. super soft. Yeah, he has, so. he has what's called okay. eggshell head, where his, his head is actually as thin of it as an eggshell. Yeah, it was he should have been wearing he should have been wearing his helmet. Uh, this also it reminds me of the psychiatric institute in the movie Glass, where there was one security guard on duty at all times, and it was like, wait a minute, you're holding criminal masterminds. Like you can't just have one person. Anyway. This, this starts a theme of the movie, which is that the movie is presenting Lena as this brilliant Hannibal Lecter-esque sociopathic mastermind when she's constantly screwing up and she's mm-hmm. constantly making mistakes. And it only because it's Makes because her the people more she's, relatable as a hero, Elliot. <laughs> I guess uh, the people that she's fooling are so either oblivious or evil that they either don't notice or choose well, not to notice. One thing that I like and um – you know, I d- we'll reveal the the big twist of this movie when, when we, we get to it. When, when we, we get, get to, it. to it, so spoilers. Get ready for spo- orphan first spoilers. Yeah, if you want to yeah. see this movie, see it before we talk about it because there is a, a big spoiler. Yeah, just but, crack open your Paramount Plus and watch that shit. But I do. <laughs> I will. I will say 
this sort of vaguely now. Like, I think it's hilarious how this movie suggests that, like, oh, maybe how good she is at being this pulling the scam in the first movie is partly because she's gotten some help <laughs> in this movie. Like, I mean, she's not how to do super it. good at the scam in the first movie either. <laughs> I didn't see the first movie, so that makes sense to me then more that this is this is the this is the still untested uh, Lena. Yeah. Uh, she has not fully become. They should have called it becoming Esther. They should have called it orphan becoming Esther. Like that would have been a better, yeah. better name for perfect, but, perfect. Uh, but or, anyway. or orphan kills six through twelve or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Orphan, not the first kill, but some earlyish ones. Anyway, she's dodging people. She eventually uh, a security guard briefly stops her, but she. She goes, hey, do you want some candy to the feral inmate whose job is to stand in the lobby with a mop and a bucket, <laughs> just hauntingly, very slowly mopping to scare people yeah. as they walk in, like a haunted mansion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like It's like a Halloween haunted house, you know. Um, and and so the, the, the feral one attacks that security guard, and Lena escapes, and she manages to get into the car of the art yeah. therapist who quits her job but doesn't seem to – now, maybe I misunderstood what's going on. It looked like – her art therapist is in the car. Uh, Lena gets in. Anna, the art therapist, leaves and quits, then gets back into her car and drives to the city and then seems confused about whether or not Lena is in the car or not. And I, maybe I missed something. It, it seemed like she should have known the whole time that this No, this no, I, I do think you missed something. I think that you saw that Lena, like, was in front of her, like, gave yeah. her, like, the little spooky, yeah. like, shh, don't tell anyone that I'm escaping. And then... So the Anna, the, the the therapist was like, "Oh, she ran off into the woods or whatever." She doesn't oh, because I thought she, there like, was a sh- the I thought car. there was a shot. I thought there was a shot of the door opening and closing, but maybe I misread that. Maybe that was Anna getting out, yeah. or maybe that was afterwards. Yeah. Uh, anyway, because uh, if I know Lena is out and she's shushing me, I'm staying in my car and I'm getting away as quickly as possible. I'm, I'm not. Doors. I'm not bothering to give notice. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not even Trevor Noahing and <laughs> and announcing it on the last day as a surprise. I'm just leaving without telling anybody. <laughs> That's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that could be an email. That's like. <laughs> by the you know, way, I, I think this. I think this confession under under, under duress because I'm scared there's a psychopath out there could be an email. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I mean, you, I'm not seems. a big fan of the concept of quiet quitting, but maybe in this case. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is time for the she big resignation. Quit. She quit. And then she quits, yeah. Uh, anyway, she goes home. Uh, the trunk of her car opens on its own, and when she walks around to look at it, there's no there's no one in there. And she goes into her house, and Lena's there with a tire iron, and she hits her with the tire iron. Lena takes a while to play the piano. It turns out she's a beautiful piano player. Yeah. She drinks some wine. She browses the internet looking for missing American girls she can pass for. <laughs> and she dresses up in, in, her, in her fancy dress, uh, that was given to her. She looks fully orphan style now. And then she finds that the art therapist is still alive. So she kills her by hitting her a bunch more times. Mm-hmm. The and, you know, she's still not the first into, kill. She's changed into her like clean clothes now. Like yeah. she took off the clothes that had all the blood on them, cleaned herself up. And then she had to bloody herself up again. It's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. So she's got it. So, I mean, it's, it's a mistake kids make. She's not a kid, of course, but yeah. you know, uh, so she goes to a, she goes to a, she's a, method. Yes, she goes to a play. <laughs> She's the most method actor there is. She goes to a playground. She sits spookily on a swing at night until a police officer comes by, and she's like, "Please, sir, I am American." And uh, she has this accent through the rest of the movie. She never even—I think she even, even tries to do an American accent, which is hilarious. Anyway, then we cut to. Darien, Connecticut. That's right, everybody. One of the most expensive places to live in the United States. They've got an amazing public library, Darien, Connecticut. Uh, yeah, because- I I was unaware of like 
but when I, when it came up, Audrey immediately was like, oh, that's a very, very fancy place. And then yes. when things started happening later on, she's like, oh, okay, it makes it like you don't set something in Darien, Connecticut, unless you're commenting on how wealthy the people there are or whatever, as I they kind of get into later. A little bit. Also, I mean, or just the fact that like they mainly make movies about rich people now. Like they don't oh, make Elliot, a lot. Come on, I mean, like I, 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 I'm having a hard time. What's the last mainstream entertainment movie you saw that didn't take place in I'm a big house that. with family with lots of money? I, I'm saying. What about that, that like, one about the laundry? The the the, the everything everywhere all at yeah. once. I'd still that's call a that a point. fairly independent film, but good uh, point. That's one. That's not what I'm saying. I, I'm saying that it is it is clearly a point that they're making to make these people. Wealthy, you know, once we know the big reveal, like the the idea of like, oh, we're getting know. away with these things. It I, is I think, the movie's not even subtle about it. How can you say no? I don't but the know. fact the fact that the, the son later on goes, people like me matter in this country. Like yeah. they're being they are being very heavy handed. But I think you're giving them. It is. You're, I, I'm not going to give them credit for making the most the most blatant point of like rich people have secrets. Like but that, and that's, that's all I'm saying is they they said it in a place purposefully. Like that's literally all the. the I don't know point. what were the, what was the family like in the first orphan movie? How are you they doing just, financially? Still, you just like they're middle class things. Like middle class. I don't, yeah, I don't even know what we're arguing about. <laughs> oh, I'm just I'm just tired of watching movies where the main characters have huge houses and and they don't have to worry about money and things like that. So anyway, that's uh, literally uh, part of the point. The, of the kind of the interesting thing though is that there's also like a trend. In a lot of media to focus on like how out of touch uh, rich people are, but at the same time, it kind of feels like lifestyle porn. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, that's the thing. It, it it's a very thin line between those two things, and I think that's really more. Thank you, Stuart, for articulating more what I'm getting at. That just it's hard to do this kind of thing without without it slipping oh, into lifestyle. That, that's Dan's fine. You can be annoyed at that, but separate it out from like clearly a decision was made to do this for a particular reason. That's what mm. I mean. Elliot's bringing in stuff from outside. Yeah, true. I didn't. I didn't realize I wasn't allowed to use my personal opinion about but stuff. It's, anyway, it's kind of a fancy rat, though, right? <laughs> it, yeah, it is. Well, the rat does have a little top hat and a monocle. <laughs> that's true. So, uh, Darren, Connecticut, it's a fencing competition. Suddenly, there's an indie style rock song playing. It was a big change in style from the beginning of the movie. Uh, and we we meet Gunner. He's a high school boy who's a fencer. And he is not. He does not want to hang out with his parents after his big fencing meet. And the dad is resentful of the son having fun. And the mom, Julia Stiles, is like, "Hey, I miss our daughter too, but he has to move on. We all have to move on." And the cops, a, co- a detective, shows up from the cops. We've got news about Esther, your missing daughter. Cut to Moscow, Russia. That Moscow. Uh, Julia Stiles is there, and she's told that apparently Esther, their missing daughter. Uh, was kidnapped by a Russian and taken there for years. And the federal agent is like, be ready for some changes. And they walk in to find <laughs> Lena ominously playing the piano. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> and, and she both doesn't look or sound like their daughter. And kind, she kind of looks she, like she her. She kind of looks like her a little bit. Yeah. She looks a little bit like her. Uh, anyway, she goes over and hugs mom. Now they're on a private plane flight back home. Uh, and Julia Stiles is showing her family pictures. And and Lena makes the first of her incredibly stupid mistakes, although Julie Stiles leads her into this trap because Julie Stiles shows them a picture of an old lady and she goes, oh, Nana's been so good to us. And Lena goes, I can't wait to see her. And she's like, Julie Stiles is like, she died when you were a little girl. Oh, oh right, I forget. Haha, I've been away so long. And, and then and then she steals a mini bottle, uh, goes into the bathroom and drinks it and starts break, hitting things going, stupid, Lena, stupid, and then walks mm-hmm. out again. <laughs> I mean, very you, relatable. You know what? This is, <laughs> but this is not Lena's fault because Julia Stiles said, "No, she how, says she's been good so good. She's, to, she's been so good. No oh, one says right. that yeah. about a dead person. No. Yeah. yeah, 
I mean, I don't know. They're 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 a crazy family. It's possible there's a ghost in that house. <laughs> anyway, uh, she keeps slipping up. She says father instead of dad. Uh, and uh, she and when her mom tries to take the cloth choker off of her neck, she grabs her wrist and says no. Anyway, there's a tearful airport reunion uh, with the dad and the brother, and the brother's greeting is pretty underwhelming. We're going to find out why later on. Uh, <laughs> he's like, hey, how you been? Uh, they drive home in silence, and Lena is amazed at their huge mansion. And this is where it's halfway between wealth porn and halfway between Annie singing, I think I'm going to like it here yeah. from Annie, mm-hmm. where she's just like, oh, Fabergé eggs on the mantle, uh, hardwood floors everywhere. I think I'm going to like pretending to be your dead daughter here. Uh-huh. And uh, so her room is still full of little dolls. And uh, Lena Doll says- Dollhouse, beautiful dollhouse. Beautiful yeah, dollhouse. Gorgeous. Yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, and then uh, like, and, and one of those like little Victorian uh, rat windows. <laughs> what's amazing is that what's weird. It, it seemed to be setting up the idea that Esther, when she was live, lived in the 19th century. Yes, at, at the very least, the yeah. 1950s, because she's got this incredibly old school record player that she plays a, a Jimmy Durante Fucking, song yeah. on. <laughs> Jimmy Durante. <laughs> there, what like, the kids loved back in. <laughs> wait, so she would have been let's see, 2007. So she was kidnapped in I don't know, seven, six, five, four, three, yeah, seven, yeah. 2003. Uh-huh. We remember the Jimmy Durante resurgence in 2003. <laughs> yeah. the, it was on the heels of the swing dance revival. Was the Jimmy Durante <laughs> Renaissance? Yeah, when you you would just walk onto schoolyards and you hear kids, hear kids uh-huh. going hinka dinka do. Good night, <laughs> Mrs. Calabash. Wherever you are, well, give me some more gogurt. That kind of stuff, you know. A guy who I'm primarily familiar with through Looney Tunes when people <laughs> will turn into him because they have a big nose. Stuart, in the first movies, did they explain why she dresses like she's out of, like, the 19th century? No. <laughs> it seems it's kind of I think it's because it's scary. Spooky. But it's also it's like a combination of, like, I guess in Eastern Europe they dress old. But also when, when Julia Stiles goes to buy her clothes, she buys her clothes that are all, like, Look like they're from the Victorian or the you yeah. know or like she looks like she's in the Czar's court in Nicol- under Nicholas. But what about, I think she's like trying to the lean dad's into boxers. <laughs> but the dad does have some good silly boxers. Yeah. That's true. Anyway, yeah, she's trying to lean into her her returned daughter's love of old fashioned of looking like an American girl doll. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Lena says she likes painting. The dad is a professional artist. He's a painter who's been kind of blocked ever since Esther disappeared. So he's very excited. And they leave her to rest, and she puts on that Jimmy Durante record about love. Uh, the next day, mom takes Lena to her doctor or therapist appointment, and uh, the therapist has a parrot, and That's Lena goof, misidentifies yeah. it as a different parrot. And uh, and and I, I just immediately I was like, why would a therapist have a parrot, the one bird that can repeat what is said in confidence <laughs> in the office? <laughs> I would the minute I saw well, that parrot, I would be like, sorry, doc, and I would walk I mean, out. You do need. It's Loose not like lips. the cartoons. Speaking of cartoons, you do need to repeat the phrase to the parrot several times to get them to mimic. You can't. I, that happens in therapy. So. Yeah, that that is therapy. Just repeating your issues over and over again until you hear them. I think, all, all I, I know think is all I know is. I think it, you're that, mis- mistaking that for the Meisner technique. Is yeah, what yeah. you're thinking oh, of the I Meisner see, I see. technique. The Meisner bird. The Meisner bird <laughs> technique. Uh, I just. I don't know I what you said to your. I don't know what you said to your therapist, but I just keep saying, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." Blood everywhere, <laughs> over and over. <laughs> yeah. You're, a lot of your therapy things is just you basically repeating the lyrics to this Megadeth song, Sweating Bullets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so uh, the uh, anyway, uh, Lena's like, uh, I'm not ready to tell my parents what happened to me. And mom gets called in and Lena goes to another office. And being a master, a master spy, she manages to trick 
the receptionist or the other doctor into leaving her office and then turns on the old-timey intercom, which, of course, is also connected to the therapist's office so she can <laughs> hear what's being said. And, uh, and, the, and the therapist is like, it feels like I'm seeing a performance. It doesn't seem totally real. Uh, and there's this other kid in the waiting room who catches her snooping. And so uh, and, and, Lena, and Lena says, what, what do you think? Does it feel like a performance to you? <laughs> what if you I do it more notes? like this? <laughs> uh, what about if I use an Italian accent? <laughs> and, uh, and the kid is like, too much, too big. And so uh, she pretends that this kid hit her in order to cut the appointment short and get out of there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they, as they walk out, she notices across the street the detective who is not even trying to hide that he's there, is taking pictures of them leaving. He's not even standing behind a, a bench or anything. Like, it's I'm amazing. I'm just taking pictures for my, my art series of photos of therapist's office. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Exterior Interiors. Uh, yeah. So uh, so Gunner's friends show up. They tease Lena, who curses at them in maybe Estonian, maybe Russian. I don't know. And Dad takes Lena to his art studio, which I have to say is amazingly clean and well-organized for an yeah. art studio, maybe because yes. he hasn't this, used it in a while. But wasn't it surprising that those kids were so mean? No. That's a theme in the orphan movies, people being unnecessarily mean to Esther <laughs> for no reason. Uh, <laughs> and, and maybe this is part of Dan's, the subtext Dan has dug up in it about rich people not being nice and not caring about other people. The, she literally, like you said, he says later on, people don't care about people. like And the... And the the turn that Julia stopped anyway, anyway. Well, but they, but these kids don't know this unless they know the twist. Unless Gunner like revealed to them. Ahead yeah. Of oh yeah, but they're just they'll, yeah. They're also just like they're just jerks. They're just. I mean, they're all uh, bad people. They all probably and, kill people too. And so let's talk about our opinions about the, about the dad's art because so here's what the dad does. He paints pictures and then using black light paint that you can only see when a when an ultraviolet light is on. He paints mm -hmm. hidden pictures. So this looks like a picture of a woman looking at herself in the mirror. Turn on the black light. She's crying. There's tears on her cheeks. What about this picture of a little girl? Turn on the black light. There's butterflies flying around her. And I was like, <laughs> come on, man. This is, like, this is, there's, there's nothing going on. He's, and they're like, and, and Julia Stiles is like. targeting the, the, the Grateful Dead market that loves <laughs> fine arts so much and they want it for their home. I don't I know. Mean, I mean, I bet there, maybe they're saying something about the art market where it's like, I could see some rich jerk buying this for a lot of money and being like, yeah. check it out. I had to install oh, black yeah. lights in the room for this. Get it? She's she look in the mirror, but really she's sad. As opposed to like Hallie's art, art where you, where you have to figure internally. it out. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm that rich jerk who oh, would wow. buy it. Wow, you're Jeff Goldblum in Hannah and Her Sisters, being like, yeah, I need a painting that's about yay big to that goes with my couch. I'm like those people. Did you guys? Oh, sorry. Did I, I, I mean Daniel Stern. I'm sorry, Daniel Stern and Hannah and Her Sisters. Well, I I mean Stuart, you said you like the art too, right? Yeah, I think it's awesome. It's black and like I love black light shit. That's Here's, great. Yeah, it looks cool. I, I guess it's more. I feel like he's not he's not taking advantage of the opportunities. That's true, but I but I don't feel like we actually got a look a good look at all of the. That's true. The we never saw a finished painting. piece. That's the fair. thing it that also, confused nope. me about this honestly was, and maybe I should give the credit credit to the movie for not doing this for not everything figuring into the plot. But I was sure that later on, like, we would see this come up where there, there was a secret message in a blacklight painting or... Oh, I, I think I think for that's, that I think you need to go back to the first movie. Okay, because okay. this is a setup because she used the skills she learned here uh, in the. That's part of being a prequel, you know. I, I see. see, and it all and it all fits. In, I mean, this here's one where I felt fits like together they were perfectly. And this is oh, like the rich people theme. This is supposed to be a prequel. Yeah, yeah. This yeah, is yeah, set yeah. before the other arc. Oh, that's why it's called First Kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she, but we don't see her first kill. 
Okay. So you, so you thought it was a sequel. <laughs> even though it's set in 2007, you thought it was a sequel. I didn't even know that it was set in I 2007. Can, I can it only assume. With, it says Estonia 2007 at the very beginning. <laughs> well, I, I was stretching while I was watching it. I mean, Dan, Dan routinely gets up to cut produce while he's, while he's watching the movie. So <laughs> I, I can only assume man, that the, <laughs> when the third movie comes out, it's gonna, he's, she's going to be even younger, played by the same actress. <laughs> well, when the first one, it's, it's going to be called Orphan, First Kill for Real, and she's actually going to be a kid pretending to be an adult. I love that yeah. every movie, the camera just gets farther and farther and farther away from her. <laughs> See, I thought that she was Until, like, they're like They're like, Esther, let me give you a hug. And they have to like, and they have to, one of them is 50 feet behind the other, so they have to like try to mime it. <laughs> like someone like, at the Leaning Tower of Pisa pretending they're they lifting it like, up. Fake hands on poles. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, that's, it's like Fay Ray and the King Kong hand. That's what they have to do is enormous fake it. arms. <laughs> I and she's, gonna... she's, in the first one, she's a kid pretending to be a baby. That's what it is. Yeah, well, I thought that the first kill would be like her as a baby tearing her way out of her mother's womb. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, like in It's Alive. Uh, mm. So but he, so it also, it, this is a very obvious hitting of the theme of there's more beneath the surface than what you see on the surface. That, you know, hidden meanings and that, isn't Esther the ultimate hidden meaning because she's not really Esther? So anyway, uh, uh, they they are painting in there, and she starts to fall in love with the dad. She's really drawn to <laughs> That's him, <her> thing. <laughs> pun intended, because they're drawing. And she uh, finds an evidence board that her, uh, of of her dis- of Esther's disappearance that her dad made. Uh, and uh, Julia Stiles catches Lena putting charcoal from the sketch she made of the dad onto her own lips, as if she's kissing the idea of the father. Uh, and later. <laughs> Later, uh, Julie Stiles walks in and almost looks in Lena's old book of evidence photos uh, that she carries around uh, while Lena's in the other room binding her chest to look more like a kid. Uh, And then Lena finds Esther's diary and starts practicing the words that Esther uses in it, such as mommy, words she never could have known before. (laughs) Well, yeah, she uses mommy with a U, like uh, either the British way or the Egyptian uh, pharaoh The movie starring Brendan Fraser. Uh, But yeah. I I wonder, you know, she's binding her chest to look like a child. I wonder if that answers your question about old-timey clothes to some degree. Because I feel like if you were in just Mm. like a T-shirt, it would be hard to cover up the fact that you have like a bunch of like wrapping – on your chest. Who knows? I don't know about that. If you, if it's if it's I mean Maybe. I don't I'm not the first one to know anything about about binding your chest to to make it look smaller, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Hallie, do you have experience with this? Or you're saying that I do do that? I'm saying that you do. Oh, I do do that. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that sassy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to distract Stuart with my enormous breasts. So I, I so I have to. I mean, I understand why she would wear loose clothes, the movie. but they don't have to be tied to a certain era. She could wear like yeah, uh, they could be overalls. baggy clothes or just sweatshirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, overalls would make her look more like a little kid, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, get some Oshkosh like on, like a on farmer. her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the, I think or an the, engineer. The, the yeah. problem is then. <laughs> I love Dan sees a kid wearing overalls. Like farmers are getting younger and younger. I can't believe <laughs> this kid a is train running at your age. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she would have to get like kind of bright overalls because she also has to wear a choker. So if she wants to blend in with like like a yeah, raver kid mm-hmm. or I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so so uh, <laughs> wait. Now that we're t- back to the clothes, I have one question. Yeah. Who sent her that dress in the beginning? Oh, so the, I think that was just the security guard yeah. bringing it to her. 
Oh, yeah. okay. it lo- I, I was at first it looked like it was male also, but I think that was I think he went out and bought that yeah. because he was. It's he's pretty a, classic has, cam girl okay. gift type material. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he thinks he's grooming her, but she was grooming him for death. I mean, it's not creepy. He knows she's thirty. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, she's still an inmate at the asylum that he's a security guard at. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, still, that, there's still it's an still power issue. differential there that I think needs to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> I know. Okay, sorry. Back to back to. Uh, so anyway, it's dinner time. The dad's really proud of Lena's drawing. Julia Stiles is is in a dubious mood, and the detective shows up and is like, "Hey, I'd love to have a meeting with all of you and the therapist." And uh, and Lena's very rude to him and starts eating very very aggressively. Uh, she steals a bunch of jewelry and some money as a rat watches from her vents, and this symbolizes, of course, that rats. And uh, she and <laughs> it's clear that she's going to try to escape, but. She's drawn back in by seeing the dad painting away in the studio that night, and she goes back to her room and her rat. Yeah. And uh, the next day, I Julia gotta Stiles, get that daddy. She says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Herself. And the next day, Julia Stiles is jogging <laughs> and sits on a on a like a giant manhole cover and looks at photos on her phone of Lena and of little Esther. Uh, the next day, uh, there's a big fancy charity gala that that Julia Stiles, I guess, organizes, or it's her charity. It's hers yeah. in some some way, and. Uh, and, uh, Very and, weird. If it's her charity, why is it for uh, childhood cancer rather than like missing children? Wouldn't you think the charity would have something to do with the disappearance of her daughter? I maybe maybe her maybe the the person that she consulted with who helps rich people find charities thought it would help her to get closure if she was working on a charity that was not about missing children. Oh, that's true. Or yeah. maybe the maybe the missing daughter also had cancer. Yeah. It's possible. This yeah. girl had really bad luck. Yeah. Well, poor Esther, and uh, it's luck's only to get worse for the girl pretending to be her. Uh, so, and Julia Stiles says to her, says to the dad, she's like, "When we got Esther back, I feel like we got us back." And they start making out and mm-hmm. taking their clothes off, and she laughs for a moment at at his funny boxer shorts. There's a part in this that's movie a trick, dude, where she reaches into her underwear, and I was genuinely yes, I like. That. I'm like, wow, okay, movie. Like, that's not like, yeah. something you see in these well, every, I feel like every time you see a movie sex scene and someone does something that someone would actually do, yeah. it, like what with their significant other or just sexual partner, it always surprises me that it's not just kind of like, it's not just kind of like weird, not quite lined up thrusting with, yeah. with like, with dramatic gasping, but the same way that like, um, that, that what's so, um, what's so brilliant about the scene in, uh, the sex scene in Don't Look Now, where, it's like, yeah, and then they're naked and they brush their teeth and they get dressed. And like yeah. just the shots of them being very casually naked around each other, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, oh, yeah, you don't normally see that in a movie. Normally, like, there's a— How know, strange that, that you brought up of, Don't Look Now, Elliot. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah. an, another movie with a killer little person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so— uh, And a Sutherland. They, oh. Yeah, that's true. And, oh, and Sutherland pair. Do yeah. You? think that's what led him to this project. All this time he was like, I'll show you dad. I'll do a killer little person movie. It'll be even better than yours. It'll make sense. Uh, I'll have a sex scene in it. So Alina, though, is watching this and she's very angry and she slashes the mom's dress, which interrupts their lovemaking. And uh, she just wears a different dress. Uh, And so Gunnar is supposed to watch her, his sister, that night, but said he invites his friends over for a fairly tame drinking and fire pit party, I have to admit. Uh, and Lena watches from her Yeah, room. it's not like it's euphoria or something. <laughs> yeah, and she walks in as Gunner is referring to her as a weirdo, and then she tells Gunner to go fuck himself and walks off, and all his friends are like, oh! 
And I was like, uh oh, is what's going to happen to her? Gonna, is is it going to happen to her? What happened to the daughter, the, to the little sister in Hereditary? Because I don't think I can see another head covered in ants. I don't need to see that again. Yeah. <laughs> That's what maybe the most distressing shot in a movie that yeah. I've seen in, in years. Uh, so anyway, um, it gets the funnier the more times you see it, though. <laughs> How true. is that possible? <laughs> So uh, the detective shows up and he's like, "Hey, I just need to use your bathroom." <laughs> and he goes, and he goes, oh, and he goes in and he investigates Leo's room. That's like room. a Fletch move, right there. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he takes the re- he takes the Jimmy Durante record not because he's a huge fan, but because he used a black light black light again to, search, to see that there's a. There's fingerprints on it, and she sees him doing this. And the parents get home, and the mom sees Lena. He doesn't even turn off the record player. That's true. Just leaves it turning, 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 just like life. Uh, they're all in the circle game, you know. <laughs> one, one, one season, you're just like pretending to be a little kid, and the next, you're growing up, you know. Uh, words like when you're older must appease her, and she's like, "But I am older. I'm 30. I'm just pretending to be a child." What is happening, <laughs> uh, Dan? I'm Dan. I'm celebrating the artistry of Joni Mitchell. Is what I'm doing, oh, you know. Oh no, I can get on board with that. I just didn't okay. recognize. Dan, he stole I'm, her heart and her camera. So yeah. come on. So anyway, uh, the uh, it's a different song. So she finds uh, uh, Julia Stiles finds this book that Lena uses, and it's got all sorts of creepy av- pictures in in it. Yeah. And at the bo- at the back, it's, she sees it's marked by for the Sarn Institute. And uh oh, she thought this was safe because Lena was in the shower. The shower's empty, which is a huge waste of water. That made me so mad that. Esther's just left this shower running for I don't know how long. The detective's at home, pours himself a drink, starts doing some some detective work. Let's let's take a moment to talk about how he treats his knife when he has he like cut up like you know some citrus and then he stabs the knife into the into the the cutting cutting board. board. And I'm like, you're fucking ruining your knife, dude. I mean, like. Spoiler alert, he's not going to be around that much longer, so I guess it's fine. <laughs> yeah. But it was but. really snappy how he snappy how he like made the drink, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was really elegant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like he's uh doing it for TikTok like, or I'd something. Like, yeah, I'd like to dance <laughs> with that man. Yeah. <laughs> and uh so he he looks up the fingerprints on his computer scanner uh and they are not a match for Esther's fingerprints and he goes you're not Esther. Who are you? But he doesn't get to answer that question because he's stabbed in the back using that same citrusy knife. And you know it must hurt extra bad because oh, it's got yeah. lime juice on uh-huh. it when he gets <laughs> yeah, stabbed. That's probably with it. what he's. That's probably <laughs> the first thing. Oh, Bernie, Bernie, and uh-huh. uh, and that's when the mom walks in, and she doesn't say, "Esther, what are you doing?" No, she shoots the detective dead with her gun because you know what? It goes. This is all I do: clean up after the kids. And it's from this point on that Julia Stiles goes from. The what you if you don't know if you didn't see a twist coming goes from being the victim mom the yeah. milk toast victim mom to being the to being the gothic sassy mom who always has a quip right and I also like I mean look you can disagree with me on this but I think that part this is part of the like rich person thing too is like she turns into like I am the bad bitch like boss mom you oh, know who's like certainly. well yeah. like wealthy and used to like. Like having to take care of this shit, <laughs> you know. Like and I think it's just part like of the- just like Lena's pretending to be Esther, uh, Julia Stiles has been pretending to be the suburban, you know, yeah. upper class and mom I, who doesn't have secrets. I really like her performance when she pulls this switch. Like oh, early, sure. She makes. Oh, yeah. We can agree that she makes a meal of the role. Yes, yeah, very almost. much so. <laughs> you can tell. You can tell this is a swim fan we're dealing with. This isn't her first crazy rodeo. Well, yes. but it's also that's Erica Christensen too. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, it is. 
Well, okay, you can tell that that there are ten things she hates about you. Okay, all right. But this is this is like, I mean, she knows uh, how to step up. Uh, <laughs> yep. Like uh-huh. early in the film, this is though. this is Rachel at the wedding we're seeing here. <laughs> I know. Yeah. What is Rachel getting married? Rachel getting oh, yeah, married Rachel to Margo at the wedding. Either. Oh, that's right. It's no, it's neither of those things. Rachel and Margo went to different weddings. Yeah. So. When I when this when this twist I mean, happened, I just let's said say, when Rachel oh. was getting married. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Oh, but when Rachel got married, she was at the wedding, though. So let's say, let's give you that at least. Yeah. No, I just wanted to say though, because it was it was funny to me. We were watching it, and Audrey's like, "Did Julia Stiles get like worse at acting, or are they not giving her much of a character?" And then it like she's so good at playing the part once the pretense falls falls away, and it's clear that the problem is just yeah, like she has to play this like line. Yes. You know, she's, she's she's deliberately playing a an uninteresting character up to that point yes. for the contrast. But it also shows that both the thing. So from this point in the movie, I was on board with this movie because I was like, yeah. "Oh, this is a bonkers movie." Okay, but it takes a <laughs> fairly long time to get there. Sorry, bon- <laughs> yeah, sorry yeah. bonkers. Yeah, the movie Everyone's that, oh, favorite cat made out of chewing gum. The movie that opens with explaining that this little girl is actually a thirty-one-year-old con artist. That was like yeah, Elliot's like. Not crazy, you know. <laughs> well, no, I, only because only because I've seen and not that not that gimmick, but that I've seen movies about brilliant serial killers who 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 escape and and trick people and things like that. Like I've seen that movie a lot of times, right. and so to, for it to just be an, and I know the basic premise of the first orphan movie, and I'm so used to slasher movies where they're like. It's the same thing, but now it's at a different house that yeah. I was worried this was going to be another one of those. And so from this point on, it entered into more kind of like just more fun territory. The movie yeah. stops The movie stops taking itself as seriously as it was and starts being like, all right, guys, let's loosen up. Like, let's get let's get loose and let's get wild. So, I, will, I will say I don't, you know, like there's until, no— And by the end, it's into—it's almost into Universal Monsters territory by the end of it. Anyway, you're saying— There's no— you know, for someone who is like me, who reads a lot about movies, like I can't avoid knowing when something is going to have a twist. So I walked into this movie knowing it's going to have a twist, which is always a problem because then you start anticipating what it is. Yeah. And pretty early on, I'm like, okay, well, if I was doing this, where would I take this to make it, you know, like work as a sequel? Because you've already burned the thing. And I'm like, oh, I bet that what is going to happen is like, one of these family members or mo- more like knows what happened to the original Esther, like so they know from the start that this person is uh is That's a not, con. Yeah, it's a con, but they have to play along with it because they would be revealed, you know, in the and and, and, and lo speaking, and behold. That's, that's yeah, what speaking happened. of here's the twist. Let's reveal it, everybody. And so I didn't know there was a twist in this going in. So I was like, oh, okay. I thought this was gonna be more by the numbers than it was. Uh so Mom reveals, hey, a while back, Gunner was playing rough with Esther and accidentally killed her. And it, they don't go into further detail, but I'm, we can assume the worst, I guess. Uh, so we faked her disappearance. We threw her body down a well. And Dad doesn't know the truth. So you, But you're making Dad happy, and I'm finally getting some. So he's been too sad to get it up, and now I am not going back to that. He's wearing his silly boxers again, and that means he is horny. So yep. I am. So you got to pretend to be Esther a little bit longer, and we can help you out. You can live this I'm going to like it here rich life and not go back to an Estonian mental institution. And they clean up after Lena. She cleans up Lena. They throw the detective's body down the same well that Esther's body is in. 
uh, and mom talks to Gunner, and he is like, I don't like this situation. And she's like, you are you are going to do this. Maybe you shouldn't have killed your sister if you didn't want to have to deal with it. And, uh, and Lena becomes better friends with the yeah. rat that lives in her face. There, there's, a, there's a moment where they're talking, and Gunner's like, this is insane, even for us. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just want to say that about me and my friends sometimes. <laughs> well, also, I feel like, like every is- time we're like, hey, do you want to go see a movie? Like, man, that sounds crazy. Even for us. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I like that that implies that maybe <laughs> it wasn't just the one murder. That, like, <laughs> yeah. this this family has always been, like, these two, <laughs> the mom and I mean, and maybe, son. but I mean, like, <laughs> accidentally killing your sister, and or deliberately, who knows, and then your mom helping you cover it up and never tell your dad. That's a pretty, that's Elliot, already a pretty I, high, high I bar. I know that for realsies, <laughs> they're not I've saying seen, that other say, things I've happen. Seen, I've seen a lot of plays <laughs> where families get together for the holidays and a secret comes out and the secret is usually like an affair or that yeah. someone's gay. It's usually not we killed a sibling and we covered it up unless it's a buried child, I buried guess, child. you know. Yeah. But I I do feel like the only truly loathsome character in this is Gunner. Oh yeah, yeah. Gunner's set up to be yes. he's and so cuz you understand the mom, like you understand her plight. She didn't want to lose both of her kids. One yeah. of them was already dead. I mean, but Gunner's such a dick. It, it, losing him is not the real loss, but, it's, but the thing about Gunner is that he, at no point does he get a win. Like he's like he occasionally when he wins in that fencing competition. He's a fencing yeah, like, star in the beginning. Yeah, kind of. I mean, is I don't know. Like I feel but like it, he gets so like he doesn't really get one up on Esther other than like being slightly shittier to her and yeah he well, gets the, like slapped kicked in the balls sprayed mace in the face all kinds of shit yeah well it's also this is what they're doing here is it's like the, the one thing I didn't that was bugging me a little bit by the end of this was that there's no and this is fine in some movies but there's no hero in the movie and they have to turn Lena into the protagonist of the movie. And to do that, it means you need a hierarchy of assholes, basically, where Julia Stiles has to be now a threat to Esther, and then Gunner has to be so incredibly unlikable that we are rooting for Lena, a murderer who we saw kill a plenty of innocent people, to go after him. You know? I, I think that's I, what I, makes it interesting. It does, yeah. but it's, I, I mean, it would if, it's just another thing that like I've seen, but it's the same thing they did with Hannibal Lecter, where they're like, this guy is a monster, but you know what? Now that we're making a sequel, he's the hero. So we got to come up with a worse guy. You know, now the wolf man is chasing after Satan. You know, yeah, that kind of I mean, thing. I don't, I, I don't, I mean, I see what you're saying. I don't necessarily look at it that way of like, we're turning into her into like the hero. I just, I like a movie occasionally where I'm not expected to sympathize with anyone. And it's like what, what you call is like, what I might call like a, a sharks movie, where like there's just like a bunch of sharks like sure. fighting it out with one another. Oh and no, like, I like who's that. the smartest I, shark? <laughs> you know, I like that too. I feel like the I think that that's when the movie is working at its best. It's like that, but there yeah. were times where I feel like you were supposed to be. It was very clear that you were on. You're supposed to be on Lena's side. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. it, it it was there was I don't think there was ever a point where it was like, uh oh, let's see what happened. It's not. Um, I'm trying to think of movies like that where it's like. Bad people getting their comeuppance one after. It's not the lady killers, something like that. Although even then, the old lady, you know, you're on her <laughs> side. But yeah. uh, so anyway, um, they uh, where was I? Let me get my, back to my notes. Okay, so uh, Gunner, uh, this in in the most setupy setup shot I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> Gunner is randomly teaching his dad how to use a crossbow, and we just see it for like. 35 seconds and it's like come on movie can you you had I know come now on, you know movie. a crossbow is going to be used later a <laughs> like, long bow is a much more effective <laughs> well but also like weapon. there is there is 
no situation in which a, a guy would be showing his dad in Darien, Connecticut, how to use a crossbow unless that crossbow was going to be used to kill somebody later on in the movie. It was just so – at that point, you might – you should have just had it that the dad collects medieval no, weapons No, I think Jane has like a pretty that. good point. Like with – if it was a longboat, like longboats got greater range and in the yeah. arms of a trained uh, English longbowman, I mean the punching power, power, like it can go right through a tree. To no, no, that's true. And you reload. just have to look at what the Battle of Battle of Cressy, right? And yes, like exa- Agincourt, exactly. To, Thank to, you. To show you how powerful a longbow is. I mean, again, when you, the crossbow is actually used, it's a very <laughs> short distance in the film. You A longbow at that point would be unwieldy in that space. Uh, but, you know. I mean, a crossbow, it, traditionally, they protect themselves with a pavise as well. Not necessarily <laughs> in this movie because she's not going up against another ranged uh, now, infantry. Now, I here's the other s- thing. A longbow, a longbow <laughs> also, you'd have to get a pretty good arc on that arrow, right? Is my assumption. You wouldn't use it just for a straight cider? shot, What's would you? What's that cider called? The was funny, cider? Strongbow. Strongbow. Oh, okay. uh, strongbow, yeah. That was funny because I could see, as soon as we started talking about longbows, I could see Hallie's <laughs> attention go <laughs> elsewhere. Like I, could, like I could, I was like, oh, Hallie's thinking about something else. I wonder what it is. It reminds me of, cider. I think, my favorite yeah. thing that Hallie ever said to me when, uh, at the, when we used to work together at The Daily Show, where you were like, how many times am I gonna have to listen to you guys talk about fucking Star Wars? <laughs> and I was like, and, and it was clear it was the least interesting thing you could imagine talking about. Yes. Oh, it was amazing. And it was so many more times that you had to listen to it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. Um, I was also thinking about, we need to talk about Kevin. Speaking oh, yeah. of. Now that's, uh-huh. a, that's a long bow, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like a hunter's bow. That did and, damage, and that's, I'd say. And it's back in the news because as the, as, the, as the star of the movie becomes more and more like the main character from the movie. I Wait, mean, really? <laughs> Not the. I would argue that well, Tilda the is the star. Okay, Tilda's the protagonist. That's true. As the as the second lead of the movie becomes more and more like the antagonist in the film. Did he kill somebody? I mean, he's a, he's attacking people all the time, and yeah, yeah, he's in tons of legal trouble, and yeah, oh, it's fair. It's a, it actually seems like he's having a serious uh, mental health yeah. uh, a crisis. Um, much in the same way that Kanye West stopped being someone that it it felt good to make fun about because you were like, oh, he's he's having a real break. But anyway. Oh, I didn't know uh, that she, was him, and we need to talk about Kevin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this breakout role. He's, That's why he, they, He's the natural it, result of Tilda Swinton and John C. Riley having a child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just like the old Conan O'Brien if they uh, made it routine. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> they just took their pictures and switched And that's what, the, obviously, uh, obviously uh, Zack Snyder was watching it, and he said, that's my The Flash mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the movie Ricky and the Flash came out, and he auditioned to be the Flash in that. And they said, you, "No, you made a mistake. This is not about the DC character. There's the Flash. No actual. The I mean, the Flash is kind of the band, I think, right? And he's yeah, one? yeah. And he's like, well, can I advertise to be Ricky? Because I read a lot of Ricky Tiki Tavi before <laughs> uh-huh. this. No, it's not actually a movie about a mongoose. Meryl Streep's gonna yeah. play the part. It's so like, can I be the lead in Ricky? Don't lose that number. It's like that's a song. <laughs> that's a song. It's not a movie. Now we do sometimes make movies based on songs, but not that one. Although they could easily make a movie based on that, where Ricky easily. keeps losing that number and he has to keep getting it back. Yeah. Can I be the host of the Ricky Lake show? Uh-huh. No, again, that's a person, Ricky Lake. Oh, I thought it was a lake that I would jump in. I'd tell people about the lake and why it's so beautiful to have a houseboat there. No, it's not a real lake. Oh, she's not a real person? No, she is a real person, Ricky Lake. She was in Serial Mom. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> how she can't, you can't get more real than was that. Was she in Serial her, Mom? Her, anyway, yeah, her she primary was in role, Mom. like the role she's best known for, Turner, of course, yeah. is Serial Mom. Oh, sorry, sorry, the role she's better known for, Mrs. Winterborn. Anyway, so... Uh, so well, uh, the mo- hairspray. Well, <laughs> hairspray. Yeah. So yeah, lead of hairspray. Just, I was joking. Okay. Well, the lead. I'm again. I guess uh, for me, hairspray is a divine movie. But you know, sure. anyway, uh, Gunner teaches Dad to use a crossbow while Mom is coaching Lena for her next therapy session. 
And the next therapy session, it's an all-family session. And Lena, quote, reminisces, unquote, about a vacation they took where her dad fell off a horse and he had I fucking love shit in this his hair shit. or something. <laughs> I love this scene where she is, like, so excited to tell this fucking story. And it's like, well, back up. Back up, Lena. This is too much. You're getting way too into this shit. Talking yeah. about how he fell off stretch the horse. Uh, it's a, it's yeah. hilarious. Now, also, this this Esther is supposed to be, what, 10? Like, that's what yeah, they're that's like, she is so self-possessed in the way she talks. Like, that's that even more than the way she looks. It well, just also, is how not... long was she supposed to have Like, four gone? years, I think, right? Yeah. Or three or yeah. four, four years. If you, four years. If you, like, asked a 10-year-old to remember all this stuff that happened when they were six, I don't think that they would actually be able to recall. I asked my, my kid, who's three, what happened, like, last month, and he has no memory of it. Yeah. Why? And I asked my kids what happened at school today. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so— Kids. That's just, that's Dan, just them understand. beginning to shut you out. Uh, beginning? Oh, the process <laughs> is well underway, yeah. Unless I have something they want, like a hand that can throw a ball at them to hit with a bat. <laughs> anyway, uh, or, or... You're one of the top owners of hands in this household, Father. <laughs> and then the other the other kid comes in and goes, you have eyes, don't you? What do you say to reading me four Ivy and Bean books in a row? Mm-hmm. They're really good books, though. Anyway, uh, so they have a party uh, where, where the mom coaches Lena how to be at the party, and she plays piano for everybody. Gunner confronts Lena and threatens her. He's like, I own you. And that night, uh, the dad is like, I'm going to my gallery tomorrow. He talks like this. He's always talking. I love it. It's great. It's, I'm just, uh, I'm a painter. I'm so sensitive. Anyway, uh, the same way that I feel like almost every male actor talks now in movies, it's, I call it the Tom Hardy, where it's a lot of like, oh, okay, I'm going over here. Like, we're all trying to be Marlon Brando, I guess. Anyway, Mm -hmm. so the, uh, he, and uh, Lena's like, I'd like to go. And mom says, no, you cannot go to the gallery with dad. Uh, Because knowing that Lena on her own with dad is just a, a thousand traps that Lena might fall into. Also, I want to talk about- That he'll probably really fall in love with his daughter if she spends one day with him in the city. Yeah. There are more and more instances as the film goes along, but I just want to say that Gunner and uh, Julia Stiles' character are both really cavalier about being mean to this criminally insane yes. Estonian murderer. Yes. This, well, it's one of the, it's something that happens in movies a lot. Uh, and I guess also in the Trump administration where you're like, I have something on this person. That means I own them. And they forget that this other person is a maniac and, and doesn't really care. And is not, you know, and always, always has an escape plan, which is I can murder you, I guess. It does feel a little bit like we've like fallen into a rolled doll story. <laughs> I can see that. Oh, have you guys ever had rolled doll? They roll it up around cheese. It's so, it's uh-huh. just delicious. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, but you're right. I feel like, what was it? I was watching something recently where it was a similar thing where it was like, I'm going to tell everybody about your criminal past and how you murdered people unless you pay me $20,000. And he's like, all right, come over to my house and I'll pay you and then kills them. And it's like, oh, yeah. right, he's a murderer. I forget. Do you think so, uh, uh, Do you think Roald Dahl uh, had to come up with a pen name real quick and he saw somebody rolling like a somebody's doll down a hill and he's like, <laughs> probably. Roald Dahl. <laughs> He was like at a, uh, he was at his kitchen table and he was like, uh, roll, uh, 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 doll. And the police officer's like, oh, well, I guess checks out. You're an author. You're a famous (laughs) author. (laughs) The police officer checks out and then writes that name in under a lamb to the slaughter by and then submits it to the New Yorker. (laughs) 
Uh, so, uh, so the uh, mom, she thinks she's being sneaky. She drugs Lena's dinner and then feeds her a totally different food <laughs> than oh, everybody else great. is getting. Yeah. And uh, but Lena doesn't want to eat it. She feeds it to her friend, the vent rat. And uh, dad goes, "Hey, why don't you come paint with me?" And they bond as mom watches ominously. And when dad comes in, mom comes in and insults Lena. And I, I, I had to remind myself, oh, yeah, she's talking to a 30-year-old woman because she's like, you think he'd be interested in you? You will never have him. Now I'm going to go fuck my husband. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like oh, right, she, right, because she's talking to a grown-up. I, kept, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, she kills it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you'll never have, be in a relationship with him. And Lena comes back up and finds her pet she rat does call her like She does call her a mutant freak, freak. a couple times. Yes, yeah. 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 They get very mean. Deformed. Well, very she, mean. she specifically oh. calls her a mutant grifter, and I'm like, I don't think Grifter was a mutant, right? He was a super soldier okay. who took a different well, thing. He, well, he was he was a combination of human DNA and and alien DNA, right? Oh, As all the wildcats were. Yeah. Now, Hallie, are you thinking about cider again now? Or <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about there was like a mini series many years ago called Grifters. Do you remember that? Well, what was that? What was the TV show with uh, with Eddie Izzard and Minnie Driver where they were grifters? Was that? Doing Time on Maplewood Drive. No, uh, Doing Time on Maple Drive. No. Maple Drive is the, Jim, is the movie where Jim Carrey is in a family with substance abuse. I think it's Travelers. <laughs> travelers? No, yes. Travelers is an insurance company. No, because, well, I mean, Travelers, travelers is like. A, game, travelers is like what you do when you go on a trip. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Blues Traveler was, was a band that was, was inexplicably popular. I feel like it was no, a Blue is a very popular kind of music. No, Blue is a color. I feel like anyway, it was so, the riches. I'm gonna look this shit up. The riches. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah, they were a Romani family, but they, it was boom, called the riches. That's boom, right. Boom. Uh, so anyway, of, uh, wasn't there a movie called? Tr- Probably. Tri- there was a movie called The Grifters from years uh-huh. ago. Uh huh. Anyway. Yeah. And so anyway, uh, Eddie and the Cruisers. <laughs> and there's also, <laughs> and there was also uh, La Bamba, right? <laughs> yeah. I loved that movie. The yeah. commitments. Uh, yeah, the commitments, uh, the five heartbreaks, right? Uh-huh. Or five Lou, heartbeats. You guys, is Lou Diamond Phillips canceled? I don't know. What did he do? I, I think, I don't know. For some reason, I was thinking about him <laughs> fondly recently, and then uh, it popped into my head like, wait, is he canceled? Well, I think, you know what? It turned out he was actually Lou Blood Diamond Phillips, and that's inexcusable. <laughs> <laughs> that His he's, middle he's, name was not ethically sourced? No, he was actually Conflict Diamond all this time. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, they uh, the next day, so Lena finds her rat dead, and she gets her revenge the next day. Uh, her, uh, she goes, "I made a smoothie for you, Mom, and it's got a dead rat in it." I do and, love how many times like she refuses the smoothie before forcing being forced to drink it. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that kind of stuff I love when when a a an ordinary thing is freighted with with cat and mouse gaming. This is yeah. this is I think maybe my favorite section of the movie because it's the movie is just like. You know what you want to see. It's the two of them trying to kill each other and yeah. kind of getting pranks on each other. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> th- then it, but then it gets sloppy. They're at a train station, seeing the dad off to go to New York, and uh, mom and Gunner are talking, and and the dad goes, "Hey, you go over to your your mom and your brother. I'm gonna go get some coffees." And uh, Lena is about to push the mom in front of a train, but bumps into a bystander who just kind of collides with her. And and who intervenes? And the way she's going to push the mom, and I assume Gunner, is just really clumsy and sloppy. Like there's no nothing slick about it. This isn't even uh, what the first appearance of Venom, where he's just a hand in a crowd that pushes Sp- Peter Parker onto a subway tracks, and Peter Parker's like, "Why did my spider sense go off?" And you didn't find out for a little bit later. It's because that guy's a symbiote that used to live on Peter Parker's pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, or on his body. Hallie's anyway. got cider eyes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she, she's got. So it's like that's the sequel to Betty Davis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's got Betty side. She's got Hallie side her eyes. Uh, they uh, so 
uh, mom is like, that's it, you're dead. And Lena escapes from them. She gets into their car and drives away. And here we have another great moment. Lena's driving in some snowy woods. It looks like they shot, looks like Estonia and Darien, Connecticut look almost identical. Yeah, yeah. And she turns on the radio and Maniac on the floor is, da- is playing. Uh, she puts on sunglasses. <laughs> she starts yeah. smoking. Does she put on lipstick too? Yeah. 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 It's awesome. And uh, and this is the one time in the whole movie where she looked like a kid to me was when she is trying her best to look like a cool grown up. <laughs> Do you think they had to she, make a giant size car for her to drive? <laughs> yeah, because remember she was like all. I think she's just scrunched yeah, yeah. down she's over the steering she's wheel. She's just yeah. scrunched. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I love the idea. <laughs> They're like all the money in the budget went to making this giant car a cab that she could sit in. Uh, and uh, the police pull her over and bring her back home. Like, Cut cut out part of the seat or something though, like that. That they must have done yeah. something. Yeah, I anyway. think she was just leaning way down low. I mean, her name's <laughs> Nina. <laughs> but good point. So, uh, good point. So they, uh, <laughs> she gets brought back home, and Gunner and her mom are like, "Okay, we're just gonna fake your suicide. We're gonna slash your wrists." But she gets free. I by, I, fu- I fucking love this part because they okay, get tell home. me about it, Stu. Well, I yeah. love that they like they come home. And they're like, okay, fuck this. Let's just kill her. <laughs> and uh, Gunner's like, finally. And they go up They go up to the bedroom uh, where Lena's at, and Lena turns around and sees them waiting to kill her, and she's <laughs> like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, it is the moment where I'm like, oh, yeah, they're, tr- they're trying to kill each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, the gloves are off. Uh, the, the choker remains on, but uh, she runs away, and, and the mom is like, Gunner, finish this. Uh, and he takes out his fencing saber. He does. He almost puts his fencing mask on and then decides that's dumb and <laughs> throws it down in a moment that is totally unnecessary, but I thought really good for that character. <laughs> Just like him being putting the fencing mask on and looking himself in a shiny piece of art and being like, oh, no, no, that's stupid, and taking it off. <laughs> uh, he doesn't get the chance to stab her with his saber, though, because she's waiting for him with the crossbow and yes, shoots him yes, to death yes. with that and then stabs him to death with the saber. And it's... It just like anyway. That's it for the crossbow. That's a wrap for the crossbow, everybody. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I I I enjoy what I think Stu seems to enjoy about this is how inauspicious Gunner's demise is because mm-hmm. he is the worst of of them. So it's just like, well, you don't even get like much of anything. You just get no, shot. <laughs> you get a distance a distance yeah. attack. He and, yeah. gets treated like trash. And meanwhile, Julia Stiles gets a call from her husband, who's like. Hey, I got a call from the cops uh, about Esther, and she's like, "Oh, it's no big deal. I got it taken care of." He's like, "I'm gonna come home anyway." She's like, "Not a big deal. It's really good." Yeah. Um. And so, uh, the the mo- there's a couple moments during this whole sequence where Esther like falls down somewhere or disappears around a corner and is suddenly seems to be gone. But this is where we get the the what the movie is promising from the moment of the twist, which is hand-to-hand combat between Lena and Julia Stiles. And they're just smashing things over each other's heads. They're in this, you know, in this Nancy Myers-esque kitchen, just like breaking everything <laughs> until the kitchen catches on fire. Uh, they end up on the roof of the house. The house bursts into flame so fast. The roof. This house the must roof. have been- yep. The roof is on fire. The house <laughs> is made out of oily rags somehow because it's it goes up so fast. And this well, is- Well, the dad's a painter, you know? No, that's true. It, it, is, <laughs> it is full of turpentine rags, yeah. yeah. And so the uh, the this is when the movie I feel like enters yeah Universal Monsters territory because they're literally fighting on the roof of a burning mansion. This uh-huh. uh, uh, the dad shows uh, they end up both hanging off the gutters on the roof, which is silly. Oh, you yeah. forgot one part, which was when they were chasing each other. Her teeth got knocked out. 
Oh, right, her right. fake teeth. She has fake, te- fake kid teeth that she wears. Uh-huh. Um, only part of them got knocked out because uh, the dad shows up. He arrives. Uh, they're both hanging from the roof. Who's dad going to save? And Julie Stiles starts yelling, she's an adult. She's not, she's not Esther. It's weird. She's an adult. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but but I, in, in, a, in a kind of confusingly edited sequence, it seems like the dad either doesn't make a decision in time or moves towards Esther, and Julie Stiles just lets go and falls to the ground and head bursts on the, on the ground. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's—he decides to save Esther first, I guess, but it's not like he's making a choice. Like, audience I, I interpretation. Like, I, yeah, I, well, but I just feel like this— the, I sign agree of with, a, the sign of art, yeah, is that we can I agree it, with yeah. Elliot that I think that this should be much more clear that, like— he has to make a choice between them and makes the wrong one. Yes. Whereas this seemed a little muddy to me. The, the way, way the way handled. you might the way you could have done this. Not what saying, do you think, Stuart? Oh yeah. I mean, I think he made the right choice because Julia Stiles uh, hid the murder of his daughter. <laughs> mm, yeah, he needed to get out of that relationship, but yeah. Maybe don't uh, yeah, he, Sylvester either, though. But, I mean, it's a Did you say Sylvester? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I said no, you Sylvester. Have to, you yeah, you have to, to save Sylvester from Cracked Magazine, Tweety, yeah, no, who is bedeviling to, him all no, the time. If you're going to save Sylvester from anybody, it's that baby kangaroo that keeps kicking him in the face. That's true. My I father, the, afraid of a, a mouse. That's not a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I know you think it's a huge mouse. Much as Esther is actually a small adult, that mouse is actually that mouse. Is, what you think is a big mouse is actually a small kangaroo. <laughs> what if it was? It was. They should have. They sh- if Looney Tunes was still around. Oh damn it! They should have done one called Orphan First Kick, where the kangaroo <laughs> deliberately sneaks into the house pretending to be a mouse and has to take Sylvester out when Sylvester learns its secret. Oh. Looney Tunes. Well, if only HBO Max wasn't cutting back on animation. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, Dad uh, helps her up, and that's when he sees her fake kid dentures coming out, and he's like, "What the What the hell is this?" <laughs> and she's like, "She's like, it's okay. I love you. We can be together." And he goes, "You're a monster." And then he just falls to his death too. And uh-huh. uh, and uh, then the Jimmy Durante song starts playing as Lena very casually Slowly. goes to her burning room, gets <laughs> yeah. a clean choker, gets her old book, All the while packs her not, bag. Not asphyxiating from smoke. <laughs> smoke. Not at all. Not even sweating from that's even though she's surrounded by flame. Being, that's one of the advantages of being very short is that all the smoke oh, is on I the see. ceiling. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and also, and also that it's clearly CGI flames. So don't worry. She was she was never really in danger. Uh, and uh, there's fire trucks. When she walks out, there's fire trucks outside, but the fire trucks are not doing anything, and there's no firefighters around, which I thought was a very funny choice. That they're like, we better show there's fire trucks there, but we don't want to have people playing firefighters, and we don't want to actually. They blew the budget building that huge car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, look, you can have two firefighters. Or you can have a giant car that she looks like a little kid. I can only assume that this get the just, people who made that chair for Lily Tomlin. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming this movie is. Wait, wait, hold on. They're like, but he retired. He lives at a cabin in the woods, and they go to this cabin, and he's chopping a huge log with a huge axe. And they drive up, and he goes, "How'd you find me? I stopped making giant. I stopped making giant stuff a long time ago." <laughs> we want we're calling you back in out of retirement. It's a job only you can do. Anyway, Stuart, I'm sorry. I, I no, no, no. I, I just I'm assuming this movie was made during the pandemic, and it did have probably a pretty modest budget. And uh, like this is the kind of house that they would have at least one housekeeper. So I'm assuming they're just like as few extras as possible. Oh yes, very much. So. I mean that's and that's that's the when, when you're making a movie that's set almost entirely in one house. That's one of the. One of the good things about it is you lower the cast quite a bit. But you're right. A house like that would at least have 
like groundskeeper or something like yeah. that. It's a huge house. Uh, anyway, uh, epilogue. Lena is still pretending to be Esther. It's it's I assume, I have to assume deliberately reminiscent of the end of Psycho. And uh, the therapist is like, I'm sure we can find a family to adopt her. Setting the stage for Orphan, the the previous movie, the first movie. Well, also yeah. if you like, the funny thing is if you look at the trivia for Orphan First Kill, like okay. there, there's there's something that says something that like this movie was like one of the biggest goals of this movie was to close the plot hole of the first orphan where it's like, how did this, uh, you know, foreign woman, you know, without papers or whatever, like how was she up for adoption in an adoption agency? In the United States. In the U.S. Like what was that? And I'm like, well, I don't know that it was made to close that plot hole. That's <laughs> I I guess they made it a priority. <laughs> I have to assume but. that either the star of the movie or the director tossing and turning every night saying, ah, I yeah. can't I, yeah. I can't live my life. And, yeah, yeah. and 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 their wife was like trying to get intimate and they're like, "Honey, what's wrong? You're, you wore your cute boxers." Mm-hmm. You wore your cute boxers. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about that plot hole I and can't I can't stop yeah, thinking about I'm going to go sleep in the in the garage. <laughs> Well, yeah, when Julia yeah. Stiles is doing the press tour for the movie, she's like, yeah, I felt really passionate about this project because it gives us an opportunity to close an uh, existing plot hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she goes, She goes. now, a lot of people who've paid attention to my career know that I'm all about closure. <laughs> closure for movies that I'm not in. Um, That's why I made the movie O, to finally close the loop that Othello <laughs> left open. Mm-hmm. Someone say that there's not actually much closure for my character in the Bourne, in the Bourne movies. Mm-hmm. I always seemed like I would be more important than I ultimately was, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, anyway. that's probably enough about Orphan. We've talked for almost the length of the movie. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, let's go to our final judgments. Is this spookily better than you expected? Uh-huh. Is it <laughs> creepily boring? Or is it... Ooh, no, I, chain rattle, chain rattle, chain can, rattle bad. I can tell you what our trademark... Shock Timber uh, categories are. I'm so glad you trademarked them, Dan, because we've had so many lawsuits that we've had to settle with the paperwork. Was this movie totally scarifying? Was it totally snorifying? Or was it frighteningly funny? Yeah? Those are it. Yeah, yeah, those are it. Yeah, I you was, were real. Con- you were real confident at the beginning, telling me yeah. you knew what they were, and then by the end, you had lost. No, those that are confidence. it. I was just trying. <laughs> then I was like in my head, I'm like, wait, but wh- what do those correspond? To? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think scarifying is the good one. Snorifying yeah. is the bad one. Frightening, funny is good, bad. Yeah. No, no, I think snorifying is the good one. <laughs> and uh, I would like to say, in answer to question, I like this movie. I like it a little, just slightly less than the original Orphan, which I think looks better. And even though I like Julia Stiles a lot in this movie, like I think our, like the the cast as a whole is stronger in the first Orphan. But this is fun. It's a very much. It's very much like a three act movie where it's like the first act is the movie you have basically seen before. The middle act is is Julia Stiles and Esther, sort of having their battle of wills and then the last is the actual big climactic stuff. And I kind of wish that the middle part of the movie was extended to shorten the other two parts. Cause that's the most fun part to me where it's like, yeah, what a, what a zany character relationship for these characters to have. And let's see yes. them try and, you know, maneuver within this. <laughs> but yeah, uh, cause I, I, I also I also liked the movie more than I thought it was. I didn't see the first Orphan, and I I find that um, 
this is me being a snob, I guess, but like, I'm just having trouble with modern movies right now. Like, it's hard for me to find modern movies that I'm like having fun with. I, I, I see a handful every year, but like, especially with horror movies, I'm feeling like Dan, we talked about like, when you see a lot, you kind of know the twist coming up. Like, so I, so I didn't see the first one. So, but I enjoyed it and I agree. I kind of, I wish that that middle of act two twist was the end of act one twist, basically. Yeah. On the other hand, that's a lot of cat and mouse that they'd have to figure out and they might run out of steam uh, and you'd end up with like a 70 minute movie, which wouldn't be terrible, I guess. But uh, I actually, I ended up enjoying it. Once that twist hit and the movie yeah. kicked into gear, I was like, now I'm enjoying this movie. And I would say, if you want to watch a real, real over the top, you know, horror movie, go for it. Orphan, first kill, technically not the first kill. Yeah, I, uh, I, as I said, I like this movie. I think it's good. Uh, I feel like if they'd extended it, like they could have had more scenes of things like introducing her to rich people and she has to like, you know, navigate while Julia Stiles is also trying to mess with her. Uh, I do like, there's a party scene at one point where an old lady is like, now that you're not kidnapped anymore, do you have any plans? And I'm like, she's 11, dude. She doesn't have plans. Watch cartoons. <laughs> the, the one thing they didn't do that they could have done with that is have her go to school. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. that And I there's part of me that's kind of like glad they didn't do that because- She's going to go. Someone's going to bully her. She's going to threaten the bully or whatever. Like, there's not that. I don't that, know. I, and that, I can't think and that happened in the first just, movie. It there was a bully oh, okay. kid, and she, like, pushed the kid and broke her leg. <laughs> <laughs> and, Hallie, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I I kept asking myself, like, would this movie work if it weren't Julia Stiles in that role and it were just someone that I didn't recognize? I feel like your goodwill toward Julia Stiles does so much work. That's true. I'll give you that. Um, but I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. Um, what was I going to say? I'm just looking. Oh, wait, guys. I mean, as a mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, as a mom, as a how mom. do you feel about it? Yeah, yeah. As a mom, I I would kill. I would hide the death of one child if my other child <laughs> To save the other child. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I... Well, it's a choice you'll have to make when you get to it. Let's, I don't know how we I cross that bridge yet. We all face that choice. Well, I at only least just once found in out. Lives. So, the actor who plays the detective, Hiro Kanagawa, I didn't realize he also played a detective in Fifty Shades Freed, which we watched for the Flophouse. They're not, they don't I just, watched that, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think, and I think we did a live show about it. Yeah. But I, I think, I mean, I'm not sure. But we, yeah. we didn't, we, uh, we didn't, they don't have the same name, but now I wonder, is this a way we could tie them together and make the Fifty Shades and Orphan universes the same? And does that mean it's time for a, uh, what's his name, Gray? Christian Gray, is that his name? Mm -hmm. Christian Gray and uh, an Orphan crossover? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they adopt Esther, I assume. Yeah, yeah, they adopt Esther and... She learns a little bit about them, and they learn a little bit about oh, her. Oh no, that's another daddy for her to fall in love with. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, I feel like he needs to unlock all of the like sexual uh, prowess bubbling beneath the surface. <laughs> She's never been able to express, and yeah. he's gonna. Okay, now I'm oh, kind of no. now now I'm now I'm <laughs> grossed out by more. All right, Let's never mind. Move on, Elliot. Why don't you uh, give us uh, an ad that you were gonna read? You got I think it's it for Squarespace. It is indeed for Squarespace. That's right, everybody. We're not just sponsored by icky feelings that we bring up and then we decide that it's better not to explore them. We're also sponsored by Squarepace. Not Squarepace. I'm sorry. That's that's yeah, Lee Pace. Yeah, if now you know how it feels. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's if you take all the curves off of Lee Pace, you end up with Squarepace. I'm sorry. Now I'm Dan all of a sudden. Uh, okay. 
We're also sponsored by Squarespace. You know Squarespace. You love it. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Look, you can use it to make beautiful websites that really stand out. You can use it to engage with your audience on the internet, the place we're all going to live anywhere someday. And you can sell anything, your products, the content you create, even your time. Did you know you could sell your time? You only have a certain amount of it, but Squarespace will help you sell off that excess time you don't want anymore. Uh, Squarespace, uh, it's very easy to use. Dan, I believe you have personal experience with making your own personal website on I, Squarespace. I did. I don't know if anyone ever looks at it, but it exists. If you want to look at it, look at it, people. What's the URL, Dan? That will make it easier for them I to think find. It's, I think it's danmccoywriter.com. Uh, I've looked at it. It's a beautiful looking site. It made me want to make my own site on Squarespace, and I just haven't gotten to do it yet, but I really want to do it. I'm, I think that Dan has now colonized the digital village with his own li a little piece of himself that will live on forever, long after he's gone, until the link decays. Anyway, so you can use uh, you can use this to get business for yourself. You can use it to make your mark on the internet, to get your projects or products out there. You can create an online store. Uh, whether it's physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. You can create professional-level video effortlessly. That's right. With the Squarespace Video Studio app, you can make and share engaging videos. You can tell your story with it. You can grow your audience. You can reach out and connect because that's what the internet is all about, connections. And Squarespace can help you. Virtual real estate, it just means being on the internet. And Squarespace can help you do that. So, okay, go over to Squarespace right now. Go to squarespace.com slash flop. You get a free trial of Squarespace to make your own website. You're going to need it. It's the future. Again, we're all going to live there. And when you're ready to launch, just use the offer code flop to save 10% off of your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that's squarespace.com slash flop. Use it. You can get 10% off with the promo code flop. And if you're listening and you want to feel like you're sitting in a giant car rather than a regular-sized car, then maybe microdosing <laughs> is right for you. Our show today is uh, sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. I can be a, a bit of a, 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 a tempestuous person emotionally yep. mm -hmm. and sometimes a microdose gummy helps uh chill me out um so maybe that's one thing mm -hmm. that you could use it to do as well microdose is available nationwide and to learn more about microdosing thc go to microdose.com and use code flop to get free shipping and 30 percent off your first order Links can be found in the show description, but again, that is microdose.com, code FLOP. Uh-oh, and what's this? It looks like we have ourselves a j -j -j jumbotron That's right. Okay, and it goes like this. Goblin is a unique D12 role-playing game about a race of goblins banished to a post-apocalyptic Earth. Since goblins eat trash and don't know what radiation is, they have a blast as they scrounge for loot, feud with mutants, and constantly find and prevent new ways of blowing themselves up. The book offers all you need to get started, littered with laughable lore and comical classes to bring out your inner goblin. You can find it at DriveThruRPG or just visit goblin.house. So check out Goblin, the Goblin RPG, by going to goblin.house. <laughs> Hello, dreamers. This is Evelyn Denton, CEO of the only world-class, fully immersive theme resort, 
steeplechase. You know, I've been seeing more and more reports on the blogs that our beloved park simply isn't safe anymore. Mur murdered them? I'm gonna wreck it. They say they got mugged by brigands in the fantasy kingdom of Ephemera, or hijacked by space pirates in Infinitum. I mean, I could have a knife. My papa said that I needed to do a crime. Friends, I'm here to reassure you that it's all part of the show. These criminals were really just overzealous staff trying to make things a little more magical for our guests. We're just as safe as we've always been. This isn't a county fair, dreamers. This is Steeplechase. The Adventure Zone. Every Thursday at MaximumFun.org. Since the dawn of time, man has dreamed of bringing life back from the dead. From Orpheus and Eurydice to Frankenstein's monster, resurrection has long been merely the stuff of myth, fiction, and fairy tale. Until now. Actually, we still can't bring people back from the dead. That would be crazy, but the Dead Pilot Society podcast has found a way to resurrect great dead comedy pilots from Hollywood's finest writers. Every month, Dead Pilot Society brings you a reading of a comedy pilot that was sold and developed but never produced, performed by the funniest actors from film and television. How does Dead Pilot Society achieve this miracle? The answer can only be found at MaximumFun.org. Let us now go to the letter segment. Come with me. To the, to the lettuce segment. Hey, everybody. Here's where we talk about lettuce. Hallie, what's your favorite kind of lettuce? Mm, red romaine. Red That's the lettuce romaine. segment. Uh, yeah. I can't uh. say that I like arugula. <laughs> it's no. so spicy. Any, I like anytime arugula I get some, as well. Oh, anytime I get something with arugula on it, it, I go, oh, I didn't want this. Arugula. Well, I mean, uh -huh. is it like, are you thinking of like a pizza or something? Because like that, I like yeah, a little yeah. on a pizza. Or like I on like a, sandwich. a little bit, maybe. Oh, I love it on a sandwich. Ooh, oh, arugula. Uh, I guess I would have to say my pepper. favorite kind of my favorite kind of lettuce is probably Italian wedding soup. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Interesting. It's a delicious well, soup. <laughs> let's move on to watercress. Now, now you know, that, that is the most nutrient rich. Uh, yeah, watercress is good. Yeah, sure. I like that. I like a I like a kind of a a, a bitter green. Anyway, let's uh. Move on to letters now that we've talked about lettuce. <laughs> uh, this is from Leela, who writes... Leela's Lettuce Letter. Who, <laughs> who writes, hey, Peaches. Uh, last night I had a hankering for one of my favorite comfort movies, Big Eden. A sweet and tidy, inclusive, small-town rom-com that has served me for served me well for over a decade. However, the second-to-last scene features a crime so heinous... It almost ruins the movie for me every single time. Widow Thayer makes a batch of her famous cottage cheese and sour cream pancakes, and the main love interest, whom the viewer has also come to love dearly, takes a huge bite, and then, mouth wide open, he belly laughs for an absurdly long time as a sadistic cameraman slow zooms in on his mouthful of horrible half-chewed hot soft cheese. It is an affront that language cannot convey. Do you have any movies that you love that are or are very nearly ruined by a single horrible choice? Love you guys, Leela. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this matter. 
it's tough for me to say to talk about movies I love that I feel like have been ruined or almost ruined by. Well, I, I remember there was a movie Stuart that you thought would have been made much better if they hadn't made the choice to not have the character rip his ding dong off. That's true, mm. almost ruined. I mean, I know Dan's favorite movie, The Kingsman, is almost ruined by <laughs> a very weird anal sex joke right at the that end. Was, that was I. I have to watch that movie to to really confirm that that exists because my mom loves that movie and it's hard, so hard for me to imagine. I, I mean, like, I, I've, I'm not going to argue for that scene or against that scene. I just find that this, the movie is so, like, wildly interested in, like, you know, sort of offending and, like, in, like, oh, cheeky, edgy way that, mm-hmm. like, I understand why people knocked up against the scene, but I'm just like, I don't know. What were you expecting out of Kingsman? <laughs> like, yeah, 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 it's, it's I, based I on a Mark Miller comic, isn't it? Come yeah. on. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, or what about? Uh, oh, there's that movie Baby Driver that makes the mistake of casting Kevin Spacey in it. <laughs> <laughs> and Ansel Elgort. Um, oh, true. I, I, they didn't know that those were mistakes at the time, but I, there's a, uh, I, I, I knew people that have Ansel known Elgort about Kevin Spacey for a long time. <laughs> Kevin, that's true. Kevin Spacey, they knew about for a long time. That's that's fair. I mean, I didn't know about it, but I'm not. I don't travel in those circles. Uh, I've, I think I might have talked about this before on the podcast. My favorite movie of all time, The Taking Pelham 1, 2, 3, that I love so much. It has the scene where Walter Matthau is showing around the oh, Japanese yeah. visitors. And yeah. it's like, and it's supposed to be a scene where he gets his, he's being rude and he gets his comeuppance, but it comes off as a racist scene. It just comes off as the movie kind of like having you in on the joke that Walter Matthau is making. And that's, it's just, it's a very unpleasant moment and a very unpleasant scene and it's one where it's my favorite movie of all time but every time that scene comes up I like cringe and then I wait for it to be over and then I'm like okay let's get back to the New Yorkers yelling at each other you know no, that reminds and I me. wish and I wish they had not and there's no it's not like that's a it's not a necessary scene so it's I wish they had not chosen to show uh, Walter Matthau in that way and the whole point is Walter Matthau's kind of a schlub and a loser but I wish they had shown it in a different way you know. That reminds me that Audrey has a big poster of like a foreign poster for breakfast at Tiffany's that she doesn't want to put up because like, you know, like she's an Asian woman herself. and the, <laughs> Because it's just Mickey Rooney's character. <laughs> well, that's like, and she loves the movie except for the part that everyone hates, which is Mickey Rooney's terrible yeah. Asian caricature that is just like, why is this in this movie? Not only is it racist, it is a completely different tone from the rest and of the, the film. And the poster is him captured perfectly by the brush of Drew Sturzan. <laughs> well, she just doesn't want to like, I don't know. It's just one the of these. Drew Sturzan reference to Tiffany's one. Why did she get the poster? I mean, she just loves the movie, like, other than that. But, like, she has that and she has a poster for Annie Hall. And she, like, sometimes looks sadly at them and, like, can never hang these up. <laughs> I, th- I think I I think when Woody Allen's not alive anymore, she'll be able to hang that Annie Hall poster up. Yeah. Wow. I okay. Uh, I don't have anything. I don't. Okay. I can't. I can't. I mean, I was just starting to think of something that, like, I feel like I don't understand. Uh, I feel like Andrew Garfield is so silly. So I was trying to think of a movie <laughs> that Andrew Garfield is in that would have been way better had he not been cast in it, but. <laughs> I avoid Andrew Garfield stuff wow. because he's so oh, silly. I like, I like Andrew Garfield. What do you think is so silly about him? His hair? Oh, he's tall. No, he's just like, did you watch the, I, I know it's not a movie, <laughs> but did you watch the uh, Under the Banner of Heaven? No, any of that? my wife watched it, but I haven't watched it. He was so silly. He was just like <laughs> <laughs> over the top and just like, I, I was watching it and I was like, I can't believe this is a famous actor. This is bizarre. Um, 
Yeah. Wow. He's just. Yes, uh, I've liked him in a lot of. Th- I remember seeing. I first saw him in the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus, and I was like, I like this guy. And I haven't quite liked him as much since then, but I still like him. This is funny oh. to me that like this is such a specific vendetta that Hallie has, and but it's like very Hallie because he's like. He's just too silly. <laughs> <laughs> the, whole t- the whole time you're watching Hacksaw Ridge, you're like, come on, goofball. <laughs> I know. That's the thing. He Like, he's so over the top about moments that are supposed to, like, there's no subtlety. It's just like, wow. They cast him as Spider-Man? <laughs> you're I mean, making that, that this is, Spider-Man silly. <laughs> that is the thing that, that is the winning thing about No Way Home is that he is so silly as Spider-Man. That's, yeah. I'll, give you, I'll give you that. In, in, but even, I guess you should see Tick, Tick, Boom and see if you think that silliness works for that very uh, kind of like a melodramatic character. But I not. hate the idea of that movie. <laughs> oh, okay, then you probably shouldn't see He's it. He's okay. very good in a bad think, movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think it's that bad a movie. I think it's the, but it's this, it's a movie that is like hanging out with a bunch of musical theater people where it's like, yes. you may not have any tolerance for it. <laughs> yeah, that depends. Yeah. I it is a movie a, that succeeds amazingly well at get, creating the experience of being around musical theater. Well, it's like, like that Mike Birbiglia movie about <laughs> improv. <laughs> we turned it on. Like Audrey mm-hmm. suggested that we watch it, and I was enjoying it. Okay, like I did, but and, but she immediately was like, "Can we turn this off?" <laughs> yep. like, oh, this is because I like was a theater kid, and she has no patience for the. There's, there's that scene, the, the scene where the, it's like a, it's like a the at brunch at the diner, and everyone in the diner is a famous musical theater person, mm-hmm. and our, and it's one of those things where it's like, well, you could just lift this scene right out of the movie. There's no yeah. like, it's, it's just it's just it's just the Easter. Egg. It's this it's the musical theater equivalent of. Of a Pip the Troll and Star Fox showing up at the end of Eternals, you know. Yes. Okay, we've got one more letter I want to get to. This is from Anthony Last Name Withheld, who writes, <gasps> My husband. Dear Floppers. <laughs> Dear Hallie, this is the only way I can talk to you. <laughs> We're in trouble. <laughs> our, our kids are killing our community. <laughs> uh, I, 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 this isn't how I wanted to tell you, but one of our kids killed the other kid and I've been hiding it. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no, Anthony writes, Dear Floppers, the three of you and Hallie are suddenly turtles who are blessed with gifts of ninjutsu. Which <laughs> okay, one of it's you, a very original premise, but all right. <laughs> which one of you, quote, leads, who, quote, does machines, who is, quote, cool but rude, and which one of you is a, quote, party dude? I feel like this is not a difficult question, but maybe you guys should go first before I slot us into those ones. But I feel uh, like it's fairly clear to me. I don't know. Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like, I have to get the Leonardo. Yeah, you're the leader. And yep. that means Elliot you get katanas, dude. Donatello by default. I do machines. Yeah, I was trying to think. I feel like but which one is me and which one is Stuart. I think, I feel I like think we're... Hallie is cool but rude, and I think Stuart is the party dude. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, there I, you go. We but the ironic special. thing is, in this version of it, now you can I'm run, much, do your fan art, people. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm probably the rudest member of the group, just in terms of interrupting and talking over other people. Yes. So it the, should be like a rude Donatello. The cool which part. Is a, which don't look that up at our honor dictionary. Yeah, <laughs> rude Donatello. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm not going to say I'm cool. I'm totally not. <laughs> that's the that's the problem. You're just grumping about how you can't watch modern movies anymore. <laughs> Ugh, too many of them about rich people. Yeah. Well, um, the, the, I. I think what you know what it really is. I shouldn't take the. I shouldn't put the blame on modern movies. I no longer have the time in my life to seek out things as much as I once did, and I'm not loving 
where mainstream filmmaking is at, which I don't think anyone is because yeah, it's it's Elliot's doing some uh, low key marketing for Triangle of Sadness right now. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's a new movie by the guy who made uh, Force Majeure, and uh, it's oh okay. It's basically See, I, uh, it's basically a send up. Uh, it's got Woody Harrelson in it. What send up of rich people? Yada yada. It's uh, playing at the New York okay. Film Festival, I think. See, I don't know any of these things anymore. I used to know that kind of stuff. So now the only movies I hear about are the old movies or foreign movies that the algorithms that know I like that stuff send to me, or whatever movies are being advertised on buses, which is usually the biggest, you know, the biggest movie there. It's Uncharted, you know, or something like that, you know. The bus is Uncharted. How do you know where it's going? No, no, it's not a chartered bus, is what I'm saying. It's okay. an unchartered bus, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, hey, let's go. Let's move on to the final segment. <laughs> this now mentioning a bus. We're on the front where it's supposed to say where it goes. Just as question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> All right, I'll uh, try my luck with this bus. Yeah, it's like hitting the yes. "I feel lucky" button on Google. <laughs> um, let's move on to the final segment where we recommend things that um, you can watch in addition to this. Say if if, if this yeah. Movie struck your fancy, although and we the told first you all about is off it, the so. table, right? I can't recommend the first orphan you can movie if to you. you. Want to, buddy? You can do whatever you want. Hey, it's twenty twenty. Oh yeah, it's my podcast. Um, this uh, let me quickly recommend because it's um my recommendation is a good bad thing. Um, it's called Creating Rim Lazar. That's obviously clearly Rim Lazar is spelled R E M L E. Z-A-R. I don't know how anyone can be confused because we all know, of course, famous character Rem Lazar, who <laughs> this is a 48-minute movie uh, from- Keep 19, talking. <laughs> from 1989 that is just like a nutty artifact. It feels at any moment like it could become a horror movie. It could be a PSA for something. Um, it has these two kids who- both uh, uh, have an imaginary friend named Rim Lazar, and they realize, like, oh, if we both have the same imaginary friend, that means that it must exist, right? And they <laughs> build a mannequin and bring him to life, of course. And then there's a lot of songs about Rim Lazar, who, like, not since Cats has there been such a thing where it's like, we're going to act like this word means something to you. Whereas, whereas you know, in, in Cats, it's Jellicle. Here, it's just, like, we're going to sing about this character, but never make it clear what this character's deal is. Like when Audrey was watching with me, she was like, who's Rim Lazar? And I'm like, that guy, that guy's Rim Lazar. And she's like, no, but what is he? Like, what's his deal? Yeah, I'm like, deal, yeah. he's just Rim Lazar, man. Like that's yeah, all he is. Uh, and it's got all these great old uh, 80s video effects and weird songs. And so if you like something dumb to watch and you don't want to commit to a whole two-hour running time, worth of dumb than creating Rem Lazar is a good option. <laughs> uh, I'm going to recommend two movies because I got to recommend a horror movie. That's right. So uh, because it's Shocktober, I am recommending uh, a movie called Glorious that is currently playing on Shudder. It's a shorty. I don't, I think it's like 80 minutes or something. Uh, Keep it stars, talking. It stars Ryan Quanton, you know, Chody. the brother from uh, True Blood with the abs. And uh, he is stuck in a rest stop bathroom 
uh, and he is talking to a sentient evil glory hole voiced by J.K. Simmons. Makes sense. Uh, it's pretty wacky and pretty gross. Uh, it does have a twist at the end. I just got to warn you, I guess. There's a twist at the end that I think uh, makes the movie less good. Uh, so I guess this also well, fits. Answer. Yeah, question. It, it also fits the other thing. Um, okay. A themed recommendation. Yep. <clears throat> but the movie, my main recommendation, that's right, two recommendations with four people. What are we doing? Uh, I'm going to recommend <laughs> The Woman King. Woman King. Stuart uh, has been texting us about the Woman King ever since woman he saw King. it. And sometimes it's just a text that says, Woman King. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, so this is a movie playing in theaters. Uh, it is a historical action epic drama uh, directed by Gina Prince Bythewood, who directed uh, The Old Guard from a year or two ago that was great. Um, it is, uh, it feel in some ways it feels like a throwback to like the nineties era of historical action movies, unfortunately, many of which starred Mel Gibson. Um, but this one, uh, this one is very much from, uh, like a, a female gaze, all the women of whom they are all awesome and badass are very, are like never portrayed in a way that's like. I don't know, like they're never shot in a way that's intentionally sexy. Uh, the sexy people, of course, are John Boyega, who is very pretty. Uh, and uh, Viola Davis is fucking yoked. Uh, she looks amazing. I don't know what that means. Means that she is uh, stacked. She's like, I don't know. Uh, super I, I rich. Stacked oh, means oh, something okay. different. I think yeah. look she's like muscly. Like she looks amazing. She's amazing. <laughs> muscly. Uh, and uh, Lashana Lynch gives a fucking amazing scene stealing, star making performance. She's great. Uh, she's been in a bunch of stuff, and this is the first time where she really got to like shine. At least uh, first thing that I've seen, she's really gotten to shine. So, Woman King, a lot of fun. Nice. Wouldn't it be funny if I recommended the movie Shine? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny, I guess. Uh, yeah, would you sure like? I, to, I mean, Jeremy sure Rush is yeah, funny. Yeah. Uh, would you like to go next, or should I go next, Allie? Uh, I don't care. I'll go next. Then. <laughs> <laughs> having said that, I was having trouble with modern movies finding them. I did recently see a modern movie that I liked a lot. I finally got to see uh, Passing, the Rebecca Hall movie starring Tessa Thompson and Ruth Naga, Naja, I don't know exactly how her name is pronounced, uh, that's set in the 1920s uh, in Harlem, and it's about a woman who finds that a woman that she grew up with is passing as white, has married a white husband, and her family does not know about it, and that the her old friend starts kind of coming in and taking over, not taking over, but infiltrating more and more of her life as she finds the life that she missed, you know. And I really liked it a lot. I think it looks beautiful. And it's, I like what it does with sound. It's a very quiet movie uh, that doesn't feel the need to have a lot of sound or a lot of music on screen. And I just thought uh, it was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. That's Passing. It's a sad movie, but a good movie. And you know what, guys? Sometimes a sad movie can be good for you. Oh, okay. Allie? I want to I recommend the movie Shine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she called her shot. <laughs> no, uh, just kidding. All I remember is a tramp. There's a trampoline involved in Shine. Right? Yeah, okay. yeah. He's jumping up and down with just a trench coat on. There's and no clothes, right? On trampoline. Uh, okay, so <laughs> that's 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 the movie where and then the, and then Bob Burton, the creator of Mystery Men, said, "I have my villain for the Mystery Men movie." <laughs> Look at his grace on that trampoline. 
okay, so my recommendation is uh, is really a defense of a movie that's not that good, but I was shocked when I saw it because I everything I read about it said it was terrible. And it was just not terrible. It okay. was just kind of okay. Which is, but you know, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I have children. Uh, uh-huh. So <laughs> I'm watching a lot of Studio Ghibli's movies. Mm-hmm. And I I mentioned this to you, Elliot. Earwig and the Witch. Have you guys seen it? No. no. I haven't seen it yet. I no. have heard the consensus, though, that this is like, oh, a misfire from Ghibli or whatever. Yeah, but I... Uh, it looks really different, and at first I was like, "Oh, I didn't. I don't like it because it looks different." But then I was like, "But I like how it looks, even though it looks different." Mm. And you know, it's got all kinds of spooky imagery. I don't know. I think. Uh, I think like uh, Gabriel might like okay. it. Okay, he does love spooky stuff. Worms, yeah. lots of worms. I okay, love worms. I love worms. Yeah, yeah, we have we have them here at the house. I we think got I'll a whole go tower full of them. Worms. Uh-huh. That's, and, a, that's a result of. Some, I like the Floridian yeah, death metal band. Self-esteem issues. I feel like that, that's more of a well, that's more of a, a, a way of, of processing your isolation. Yeah, yeah. there is a, a bit of a metal aspect to it, uh, Stuart. Oh, cool! So, uh, you might like that. Uh, mm-hmm. In know, that the television friendly. you're watching it on has metal parts. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a little bit of trivia about your television. Okay, <laughs> uh, my television's made out of flesh, and I insert the VHS tape through my tubby uh, button. The new flesh. <laughs> yeah, that's very new yeah. flesh. Of course, it's new flesh. Mm. That's like in the Huey Lewis song. It was, I want a new flesh uh-huh. <laughs> so I can put a tape in my belly. <laughs> bam, bam. And the little girl who stars in, or the, the main character uh-huh. in uh, Earwig and the Witch is very naughty. And mm-hmm. you're, at first you're like, is she supposed to be bad? Are we supposed to not like her? But then you were, you're rooting for her. You're on her side. So it's really different from, you know, a lot of Miyazaki movies when there's like, their little girls are like perfect and you know just struggling with like wanting ever, to like, be away. better at writing or being in so a new that, house or something yeah, yeah. Or, so it's a lot like orphan first kill that way a naughty girl that you come to sympathize exactly. with exactly wow. and her hair makes her look like an earwig <laughs> <laughs> oh cool uh well that's the that's the start and of the titles, and is the title supposed to sound like Hedwig and the Angry Inch yeah I don't that's, know yeah I, yeah and that's so that's five movies we recommended plus the first orphan. That's six recommendations. That's a full weekend worth of flicks mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. shine mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> Which we, first. we confirmed the existence of. Yeah. yeah. Um, Does he play the piano in it? Yes, yes. he's a famous pianist. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's all coming back. Yeah. It, it's, yes, he's like, it really made an impression it's, on me. It's, well, they called that yes. because he shines while playing the piano. <laughs> Yeah, like right. as vampire, like a modern day vampire in the light. Yeah, uh-huh. he's, he's he dreams of he he always wants to play the Rachmaninoff's Third Symphony, the Rock Three, they call it over and over again. So why doesn't he just? I use a it? I use it's a Rock hard. Three it's razor blade. Uh huh. Anyway, <laughs> let's because it has three blades on the piano. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's really heavy. It's really hard to shave. That's why Dan has a beard. Well, yeah. I mostly I have to rub my face against the razor rather than the traditional method. Um, it's very hard. Anyway, uh, so that's the flop house. Uh, if, you, <laughs> if you haven't heard it before, now you know. Uh, <laughs> now you have. Hallie's not always here, but she frequently is, and we're all re- we always like to see her, and so does the audience. Hey, hey, Hallie, I don't know. You want to say anything else before Thanks we go? Thanks for having me, guys. Great to see Elliot in person and Stuart and Dan on a computer. 
Mm-hmm. And Hallie, do you have anything to promote? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry I asked. Sorry. You know, you're a mom. That's uh, what you're promoting, right? That and orphan No, awareness. I wouldn't promote that. <laughs> <laughs> you would warn people about it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, <laughs> well, okay. For the Flophouse, uh, thank you for listening. Go to maxfun.org. Maximumfun.org even for uh, for other podcasts. <laughs> if you want to go to you'll the probably, website, yeah. Yeah, you'll probably have more luck than the the, the wrong address I originally said. <laughs> and thank you to Howell Doughty, uh, Alex Smith, Howell Doughty on Twitter uh, for our production and editing. Do but, you want to do you want to tease Dan our recent our, our upcoming appearance on on Howell Doughty's Fast Track podcast? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We. Uh, I'm not sure when it's going to be released sometime in October because it's spooky season. Uh, we did a, a guest spot on Alex's show, Fast Track, and that's a show where we write a uh, a song in half an hour. We don't write the music. Alex writes the music because we don't know yeah, shit we- about that. But we write the words, the <laughs> yeah, lyrics, yeah. and we did a uh, sort of a novelty romance Yeah, song. It's, it's kind of loosely Horror. inspired by one of my celebrity hall passes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, easily top three celebrity hall passes. Yeah. Sure, uh, sure, sure. It's a monster-related love story. Let's just say that. So we'll mm-hmm. uh, we'll hear that soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I will sign off. For the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen. And I'm Hallie Hagland. So, Dan, who are your top three celebrity? <laughs> who's your celebrity <laughs> hall pass? I'll take that answer off the air. I was just telling Elliot there's a lot of projectile vomiting going on in my house. Yeah. Oh, no. Is that a spooky season? It's all like an exorcist bit? Yeah, we just <laughs> we set it up, and it's very dirty and smelly, but, you know, it's worth it. It's so scary. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, but I was picking my kid up the other day because he said he felt sick, and I was like, do we need to go to the bathroom? And I picked him up, and he just... Uh, vomited all over me like it was like down my back <laughs> uh, in my bra and then I I went to say are you okay and I opened my mouth and then he vomited again no. into my mouth maximumfun.org comedy and culture artist owned audience supported